Joshua Silverberg. You can call us at 631-965-4990. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What's going on, Speedy Petey? What kind of accent is that exactly? It is not an accent. It's just Errol Marks being stupid. Well, I, I guess you usually make up words. Now we're going to make up accents. Well, that's just who I am. I mean, you could coin it. You could coin it now. Just... I, I could coin a lot of things. I don't have I don't have Bitcoin, but I'm about to buy some. So there you go. Uh, Mr. Josh, what's going on, my friend? Not that much, guys. Always awesome to be here. Uh, 30th birthday for myself on Saturday, Uh-oh. so that's pretty mm. exciting. Uh, Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm getting into Errol's range now. Mm. So that's, uh, <laughs> uh, you, You're talking about the uh, nice and sexy range? Is that what you're talking about? If you want to put it that way, sure, if that's what makes you sleep at night. Well, it makes me sleep at night. It makes everybody sleep What'd at night. Just... Crew cut Adam Sandler or whatever. Are you telling me uh, that I have crew cut? No, 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 no Josh. Speedy. What did you call Josh? A crew cut Adam Sandler. That's what he <laughs> looks like. I have a lot of nicknames on this show, from the Adam Sandler guy to the rumor guy to the cat guy to uh, not knowing Jay. And or the, loser, you know, and thing. Jeff and Jeff starts. No, you're, 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 no, you're just the one that spreads rumors. <laughs> Rumorville. Mr. Rumor Man. I mean, everything. Thing that you do out there. I mean, if anybody does hasn't watched this show, every single thing has to be or has to do with a rumor when it comes to Josh. Rumors come out, Josh spreads the rumor, and it flies and it spreads like a wildfire. Ask Jeff, ask Snug, and ask Carl. Everybody no, knows. Don't that. ask them because you know what they're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to encourage it further, and you know it. Well, yes. you know it, that's what that's why we're so graceful when it comes to the sports. And and by the way, this is a three hour show not a two-hour show uh tonight on thursday nights it's a three-hour show so we are on from nine o'clock to twelve o'clock so we have a great show lined up for you as we will talk football uh we're getting to some baseball conversations some basketball conversation just like yesterday and we're gonna get into some mma conversation too because uzman and guess who masvidal will be fighting this weekend for the second fight. Usman wins the first fight. We will get into why I think Masvidal has a very good chance of giving Usman his first loss in a very long time. So we will get into that a little bit later. But first things first, why not get into football? And I know, 
Uh, there are stories coming out, and and, and right now there's not, there's so much going around. We we talk about Miami, Miami talking about possibly training out of the six pick. Uh, there are a lot of teams looking to to make a move up for Trey Lance or maybe a Mac Jones because we all know the top three picks are going to be Lawrence. Uh, Wilson and obviously Fields. So there's so many speculations that if the Falcons decide to go defense, which a lot of people believe they will, um, they're going to probably uh, pass up on a quarterback. At number six, where Miami is drafting, they could still get a wide receiver at, uh, at the 10th pick if, if they decide to trade with Dallas, which a lot of people think that could happen. And also, there's stories coming out of New England that New England will try to move up and get Trey Lance. So that's a, a huge story. And by the way, I have to give Jeff a lot of credit because he has been talking about this over and over and over again about Trey Lance maybe falling or maybe falling to maybe the New England Patriots moving up and getting Trey Lance. So mm-hmm. that's that's going to be a lot to talk about as we get closer into the draft. But I look at the New York Jets also, and there are stories coming out. The Jets spoke today. Joe Douglas spoke today. Robert Sala spoke today on protecting the quarterback. I do believe that the Jets are going to try to do everything possible to move up from 23 to the teens to get their offensive line help that they're going to be looking for in this year's draft. So it, it, there's so many speculations. And also, I've been also reading stuff that the Browns might be trying to move up to uh, for certain pieces that they want to add to their team as well. And the Broncos talking about keeping lock now. Of course they're going to keep lock because – Obviously, where they're sitting at number nine, Trey Lance is not going to be there at nine. He, he's not. And, and they're not. Do they think that Mac Jones is going to be better than, uh, obviously, the quarterback that they have in, uh, in Locke? I don't think so. I think they, they trust more with the quarterback they have right now, having all the wide receivers that they had from last year's draft, and, and really building from, from, from the bottom to the top. They don't really need to go out there and go, go for a quarterback. And they also probably think they have a chance to get Deshaun Watson in the long run. So, I, I mean... I, Speedy, when you look at the situation and where it's going and kind of going back and forth and bantering about this, what do you hear when you hear all these stories coming out today? Uh, what does it stand? What, how does it stand out to you? And what do you think about the Jets, the Browns, the Broncos, the Cowboys moving up, the Miami Dolphins moving back? There's so many speculations. All right, I'll start with the Browns. The Browns obviously can afford to do it because they have a lot of talent. So I, whoever they want, they can go get. The Broncos are interesting because they didn't take a quarterback in 2018 when a lot of people thought they might take Josh Allen, they might take Josh Rosen. So it'll be another one of those do they take a quarterback type scenarios. I'm not a big fan of Locke, but I will give him a pass after last year because one he had a lot of the issues with the COVID and the injuries that he had and the the receivers themselves and running game they also had a lot of injuries too so I'll give him a little bit of a pass Uh, but again I'm not going to trade up I'm not going to waste another draft picks on a quarterback at this time so I'll give him one more shot uh, uh, read what they're saying while you're talking and you're going into that because people want to hear their voices. All right, well, back to the rumorville. Carl says, Josh starts every comment with, you know someone said or I heard someone say. <laughs> Jeff says, oh God, here we go. And Snog <laughs> says, as many people who are dying to share rumors with Josh, how does he time have time and buy the drugs for show reading? <laughs> what, what time is it now? <laughs> it is 9.16 p.m. Eastern time, 16, 6.16 p.m. Snog time. <laughs> That's about the right time for them to start 
taking shots at me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Dolphins, we brought that up yesterday. The Dolphins are very interesting because you mentioned Dallas could trade up with the Dolphins. I don't think that makes sense for either team because the, the Cowboys need defense. So they have to stick to where they are and draft as much defense as they can. And Miami needs a receiver. They're going to lose out on a chance at a wide receiver if they trade back again from 10. Uh, Carl says Vinny from the Jersey Shore. Um, so I don't think that makes sense for either team. Miami has enough already where they could they should just draft their receiver at six, whether it's Smith, whether it's Chase, or even Kyle Pitts if that's what they want. I think they need the receiver more, but that's what they should do. And Dallas, it doesn't make sense for them to trade up. They need all the picks they can get because they're so cash-strapped as it is, and they need way too much on defense. As for the Jets, again, I don't. the Jets are in the, kind of in the same boat with the Dolphins. I think they're fine where they are. They need to draft. There's a lot of players, whether it's corners, offensive linemen, receivers, for their needs in this draft. They just need to accumulate as many as they can. Yes, they might want one certain guy, but it's not like there's a big drop-off between the third best tackle and the sixth best tackle in this draft. And same thing with the corners. The top three are the top three with the corners, but that's really that's really it, what they're going for. That would be more what they would trade up for, if anything, if they want to get Horn, they want to seal maybe Newsom or something like that. Or even da- Jalen Waddle. I know you don't like the rumor with Jalen Waddle, but that could be with uh, with that possibly too. And uh, we have our first call of the day. And Speedy, I-, I want you to concentrate on the way you are speaking. Don't worry about the caller. If you're talking, I will move in and add the caller. So stop it. Anyways, we have a first call of the day, and you guys know him as the Beef. What's going on, Beef? What's up, my friend? How are you? I am good, my friend. How are you? I'm all right. You know, watching my Rangers struggle like always. Well, know. well, that's n- nothing new about that. They're not making the playoffs, as we we all no, know. Probably, probably not. But <laughs> it, was, it was it was a good run for this young team. So well, whatever. But uh, we were talking about the Cowboys yesterday, and I know yeah, yeah. some I of your you best guys. friends in Snug and and Jeff and oh, Carl and. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. So. You don't know who any of those are? Well, they, we named three people. I, I, I don't know they, you had a grudge with all three people. No, just 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 one. He needs to get a life. <laughs> Maybe go drown in a pool somewhere or get eaten by a shark. I don't know. <laughs> Carl or Snug, do you have any? Do you have a pool at your house? Well, I, I'm sure. No. I, I know. I know, uh, Mister. Uh, Mr. Jeff from Tampa does. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, what are your thoughts with the Cowboys? What do you think the Cowboys should do? I, what if you were I, if you were Jerry Jones right now? What would you do at number ten? Well, I mean, me knowing Jerry on how he is, he always goes for those flashy type players, and I'm, he deep down he wants Kyle Pitts so bad. I, I could just see him boiling over. So I'm trying to figure a way out to get this guy, which. To me, I don't think you need him. I think you need to stick to the defense because the defense was terrible last year. I, I think I, I also think that when when you look at Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts and, and Jeff said it best yesterday. This guy has been this guy's had tremendous amount of concussion problems. We're talking about five or six concussion problems right now in, in college football. You're talking yes. about going into the NFL where it's faster, they hit harder, they're much stronger, and 100%. It, it's just a completely different sport when you're walking from yeah, college no, the way, to the, the NFL. Way they, the way they like compare it to saying this guy's gonna be like a like a game changer, like I uh, just I I mean I don't I don't know if they, I don't think the Cowboys need that right now. They don't. They need to go to defense. 
Well, you you last year you took a lot of shots at the Cowboys drafting C.D. Lamb at number seventeen. What do you think of C.D. Lamb in his first year with the Dallas Cowboys? And- I want I want to see what he does with put a full season with Dak Prescott because he you know, he had Andy Dalton for most of the year. So I mean, that didn't help. But let's see what he does with Prescott. Well, with that's Andy Dalton, <laughs> with Andy Dalton, he had over nine hundred yards. Okay, so that's telling you how good uh, C.D. Lamb is going to be. I mean, and Andy Dalton's well, not a bad quarterback. Snuck says he and thinks no, Jerry no, no, Jones no. should hire him as a team consultant in charge of pleasuring the players in any way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Cowboys need to go defense. I mean, they, that's what they need to do. Well, where where do they go uh, when it comes to defense? They, do they, they go? Need to, I mean, I, I really want certain. That's the one I want. But I'm, I'm hearing that guy uh, Horn. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know which one they're going to land with. Horn's the best corner in this draft. I mean, well, Josh has said they, it. They're going to they're they're take the best player on the board. So we'll see who's sitting there. And I just don't want them to give away their future by trading up and trying to grab pits. It doesn't make any sense. Sertan it was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year last year. And I, I know a lot of the – being that the Cowboys drafted a corner last year, I think it was. Yep, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. Diggs, yeah. I, I think they want to pair and him you know, off with certain. Diggs was playing pretty good, too. He had a decent – he didn't have too bad of a year. The problem is he's not a number one type corner. No, he's where not. he was no, kind of forced to be last so, year because of the woes no, in their yes. secondary. Whereas Sertan probably can be a number one corner. But he could he could still make plays, Biggs. So oh, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying like he he was one of the guys that I got exposed a little bit because he was a number one. Uh, again, Jeff I, Jeff I, says I he, they I need an O line or Dak will break another leg, and then. Uh, Christian Darasoff for the Cowboys, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, a potential option, maybe, I guess, for the second round. I mean, I I, I, with Jeff, Jeff knows a lot about these college players, so he's giving you some thoughts on where the Cowboys should go to really solidify that offensive line to help Dak Prescott. Remember, he got killed behind the line of scrimmage. That's why he got hurt last year. They couldn't protect him. This isn't the same offensive line that Jerry built and his son built probably around nine or eight years ago. Uh, they're getting older. Uh, their best offensive lineman is Martin. Martin's going to be ex- – Martin just got a contract, yep. right? Mm-hmm. He just got an extension. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna be trying to build back on that offensive line. So the Cowboys are in a situation right now, being that they have uh, a, a West Coast offensive coach that – Believe it or not, the running back does not fit his culture of his game. He likes to use the running back as a wide receiver. You have a power back in Zeke Elliott. I've been saying this over and over again. He doesn't fit the offensive culture that uh, uh, what he is trying to bring to that team. I think if they could try to move Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know if they're going to be able to move that contract, but if they could somehow move that contract and maybe eat on some of, eat over some of that contract, I would try to say a trade uh, Zeke to one of these teams that are going to look for a power back. He does not I, I, fit I don't, I don't the Cowboys. They, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think they trade Zeke. That's not, that's not going to happen. Jerry's not going to trade Zeke. Why not? Because he's not. <laughs> that's it? That's a great reason, Beef. That's it? Uh, no, he's not because Jerry knows what type of player Zeke is, and he's not going to get rid of a player like that. I, I just think I, – I look at Ezekiel Elliott, and I, again, I could go back and forth on what the Cowboys need to do and what they should do. 
okay? But, but what we see where the Cowboys are right now, they need defense. They need secondary. Yes. Their secondary is very, very weak. Uh, I, I would not trade C.D. Lamb for McKinney, okay? I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that, uh, as crazy as you sound last year. But being I that they're— I trade him. I said I would have picked McKinney over C.D. Lamb. I never said trade C.D. Lamb. You McKinney. said that you would trade. Knowing that you no, drafted C.D. Lamb, you would trade— that. Yes, you did. You said it on the phone that. with me when I was in his car. I remember that. Yes, so. you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Yes, you did, and oh. you said that you would trade you would trade McKinney for C.D. Lamb if you had the chance and if you were running the organization. You did say that. Mm-hmm. You did no, say that. Not. You, no, you absolutely you said that. You guys are hearing things now. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. We are not Josh. We don't. We, we know. We know. We know our memory. <laughs> oh, Speedy, you're throwing shots at me now. Oh, Cali boy. Oh, now you open up a can of worms there, big boy. Brad, Beef, what were you saying? I said, I think you have your tidy whities on too tight. That's true. <laughs> Damn, right you were absolutely the flagpole today. That's what he was doing. <laughs> and even if I was, I would still remember that yeah, you absolutely never, said that back in May. I, I, yeah, I never said. I never said that. So and Jeff wants to know: Will this be the third straight Super Bowl for Dak? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> By the way, for so, those that are wondering, Speedy will be at the Patchogue Walmart no. signing Tidy Whitey autographs with his mother next to him. So there's that. <laughs> Snug says, I think Earl is only kind to the beef because he's family. And Carl says, yes, Speedy, get him. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I love everybody, and the Beave is a is a fan of the show. He's a good friend. I I think he's a little crazy on some of his outlandish statements with the Cowboys and what they should no, do. I'm not wrong, but I'm not wrong when I'm saying what they need to do. They well, I mean, right. we we all know that your, your grandmother probably knows that too. I mean, everybody knows <laughs> that the Cowboys need defense. The question is, will Jerry Jones do that? And maybe he he no, goes in his no, outlandish. Some some way I have a bad feeling. Some way somehow Jerry Jones is going to draft Kyle Pitts. Somehow he's going to get him. I don't know how, but that's what Jerry wants. That's what he's going to get. Carl says says the guy at his mother's basement on the eve of his thirtieth. <laughs> I don't know why he says I. This is actually my house. Uh, <laughs> I have to pay a mortgage for this house. I don't know what Carl wants to talk about, but if he wants to talk more, I could dis- I could disclose the information with him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, we are talking to the Beeve from, from Bayshore. Uh, Beeve, before, before we let you go, okay, and, and we, we've talked a lot about the Cowboys, when you look at this year's draft, what sticks out to you knowing that there was a COVID-19 season, there wasn't a lot of players that had a season, where do you see uh, this draft rolling as far as I'm concerned with um, some of the acquisitions some of these teams could can make. And I, I could see teams, you know, in the fifth and sixth round getting steals because no, of the well, fact. I, I think you see steals in the second and third round, I think, too. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was hearing that the Cowboys in the second round might go after the, uh, this guy, another guy from Alabama. You know, It's an uh, Alabama week, an Alabama year for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why they they love these Alabama guys. I mean, if if it were to get somebody in the second round, it would likely be some one of the defensive linemen no, or Leatherwood. I think, was, I think it was a. I think it was a linebacker. I can't. Remember. Oh, Dylan Moses, maybe, but that would be dumb. Yeah, uh, by the way, Jeff that. says, imagine the dumbest things Josh has said, and they look like pearls of wisdom compared to beef watching. <laughs> man, oh, man, it's like brutal. <laughs> All 
All right, whoever responded as our account, Worldwide Sports Radio, what's well, all was, the That hate? was me that said oh, so. I mean, oh, like, I mean, okay. I saw that. You know, <laughs> seriously, like, I mean, I literally have done two weeks of shows. Oh, <laughs> stop. It's, again, I told you you were going to take this personally. You shouldn't take this personally. No, I'm not taking anything personally. Don't I don't care at all. Listen, all I did was respond. I said, what's all the hate? Oh, well. <laughs> Speaking of taking things personally, Carl says, well, remember, Jeff, Josh packages his comments as what others say. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I still, I still think, I still think you see a lot of trades in the first round. <laughs> I think so. there's going to be a tremendous amount of trades in the first round. I'm, Miami uh, really solidified themselves uh, doing what they did with San Francisco, then moving back to six because they're they're looking to get that wide receiver to help out with their young quarterback. Now, I, now you're hearing stories that they might move back again. The Dallas Cowboys being one of those teams. I was hearing the Broncos. I've been hearing the Browns trying to move up to get a particular player. So there's so many different things that could happen in this year's draft. There are going to be a tremendous amount of trades. Not just a few. There's going to be a tremendous amount of trades, especially being that this is a year of COVID-19, and you, you just don't know where this draft is going to fall. How We've, we've talked uh, about the kid from Tulsa. Jo- Jeff was talking about Dave him. Collins. Uh, Dave Collins. Dave Collins, so where everybody says that this, well, kid could, this kid could be the best player in this year's draft. Now, well, uh, they're saying that he might drop. He might fall to the end of the first round. Right. So, well, now, well, now, well, now the mock draft for CBS is saying that the Cowboys and uh, – Patriots are going to make a trade so the Cowboys so the Patriots can move to ten. I Ooh, I, I could see that. That's I could see that. Uh-huh. I could definitely see that. And and then, I, and then they have they have them drafting Mac Jones. The Patriots have Mac Jones drafting that quarterback, and then the Cowboys are still going to get certain at fifteen. Jeff thinks the uh, only team that trades out probably will be Carolina. Interesting. In the top 10. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Atlanta is a possibility, too, if the bargain is there. Stuck says, it's a possible worldwide sports will trade Josh for a popcorn machine or a new desk. <laughs> I have a popcorn well, machine already, I, I so you can always add that as an addition. Wait, you're not getting the popcorn machine in Stuck's trade. <laughs> no, I already have the trade. I already have the popcorn machine. Oh, that'd be everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why the Cowboys want to drop down five more picks. I mean, they, they well, they could get pick. extra draft picks if the bargain is there. It it could happen. Yeah, but are you still going to get your corner? Like, so are you certain? Gonna yeah. Be there? Um. Well, it might not be certain, but they could get a corner. Uh, Carl says I could see the Bears mess it up as always and trade out of twenty. It's true. Yeah, that's possible. I could see them doing that. Absolutely. Um. It, I, don't, it, I, don't, I don't. I don't see the Cowboys trading down. If anything, Jerry's going to trade up and get what he wants, or he's going to stay at ten. Well, the other factor, too, Beav, is if all three corners are available, too, because the Broncos could take a corner, the Panthers could take a corner, and if that's the case, maybe they're stuck with just taking Sertan at that point. Uh, Jeff says, I like to trade Beef for nothing, just as long as he goes I somewhere else. I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think the Panthers are going to draft an alignment. It's possible, but they, they need a lot on defense, too, where they could draft a corner. Yeah, no, I, I think they're going offensive line. They have to get alignment to protect Donald. Yeah, I think they're going offensive line. Absolutely. It's like says, can we have an they IQ have, test B versus Josh's cats? Yeah, they have they have they definitely have to go offensive linemen. I do too. I, I think th- I think when you look at the outlook of this drafting, you're trying to compare and contrast what these teams need. I've been hearing that the Atlanta Falcons might draft a running back at number five. Could you believe that? When everybody keeps saying that there might well, not be should, one draft. I think Atlanta should draft a quarterback because Matt Ryan's on his way out. Basically. I think if Fields falls to them, they'll draft Fields. Otherwise, 
that I think they'll try to trade back. No, I think Give they're going to stay at that pick. I, I really do. I think they're going to stay at that pick, especially. Didn't, didn't Fields just come out saying he's dealing with an injury or something? Or There were rumors yesterday reported that he might have epilepsy. But, again, like oh. Jeff was saying yesterday, like he plays in bright lights. He's gotten hit a lot. I, I don't think it's a big of a rumor. By the way, Jeff says uh, the Shrek clone loves less than nothing. And then Carl says, give them both the Wonderlake test. <laughs> Perfect comment, Carl. We're on the topic of draft talk. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I will say this. It, it, to me, this is the most interesting draft going into this season, uh, this offseason, than any other draft I can remember in the last 10 years. And really, the reason why is because of there's so much doubt on where these players are going to land. And, and because the quarterbacks are being drafted on the top of this draft, a lot of these great players that we've been talking about, the Horns of the world, the Pitts of the world, uh, uh, the Smiths of the world, uh, the Jamar Chases of the world, could fall out of the top ten. And, and we've, been, we've been talking about the offensive linemen. We, we, we've been talking about the, the kid from Oregon, um, Sewell. Uh, now Slater. A lot of people think Slater's going to be the first offensive tackle off the board. So uh, going into this draft, it was all about Sewell, how he's a generational type of offensive tackle. Now they're talking about Slater being the first guy off the board. So it, it's yeah, so if, interesting. If, if he's there at 10, do the Cowboys take Sewell at 10? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how you could pass that up. I mean, that's that's very. So, I don't so think he's going to be there. He's not going to be there. I doubt him either. But I don't know. I, I don't know if he's. I don't know. See, I, I just don't know who they're going to go with because there's just so many things. That yeah, that's really there. hard. I mean, you could try to entice teams into trading for Sewell as well. That could be another trade back scenario. You mentioned the quarterback one with the Patriots, but if Sewell's really that good, maybe they they could have suitors too. Uh, somebody trading in the middle of the draft, like a Minnesota or Arizona, definitely is another team. If they with Dallas, they could trade from sixteen or. Uh, because if, if you look at the Cowboys, they signed all these safeties, all these ex safeties, and you know washed up safeties to a one year deal. So I don't, I don't even know why they did that for. Uh, by the way, Carl, we're just doing different scenarios. I don't think he's saying the Cowboys are going to get all five players. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying I don't know which way they're going to go. There's just so many scenarios that they right. can go. It's... And especially if Sewell falls, too, there's going to be teams that want to trade up. And if the Cowboys get a great offer, if, if Sewell is really that good, or even if it is a quarterback or something like that, they have to consider it, depending on how far back they're trading back. I know you were saying like they, have, they can't be weary of trading back, but if there are multiple corners still there, there is the option where they can get all three and or two. And then don't forget about Newsom either. Newsom could be a good corner as well, where they can get later in the first round as well. Well, right, well right now they have a horn going to Arizona at the 16. Yeah, which is possible, so. right. Again, the Broncos and Falcons are the two wild cards when it comes to the corners. Uh, Jeff says Beef's opinion is as reliable as Jalen Smith's niece. And the Islanders lose the shootout, and the Washington Capitals win the game, so they gain a point on the Islanders. So there you go. Uh, yeah, and the Rangers losing three one to the Flyers. So yeah, that was a bad shootout. And why is Vlamov being the sh- the guy in the net? They should have stuck Sorokin into uh, when it comes to the shootouts. Yeah, it made Vlamov, no sense. Why not? Well, we've well. seen no, we've seen teams do that in the shootouts. Not, not a shutout. What, what are you talking about? I've seen teams do it. Vlamov is not good in a shootout. A matter of fact, this year I think he's won one shootout out of five shootouts he's been in. Yes, you do, Speedy. What do you know? What do you know about coaching? What do you know about yeah, you coaching? Know about what do you know games? about coaching? Low scoring game. What do you know about hockey and coaching? Please. They don't do it in low scoring games. Well, I don't care what they games. do in low scoring games. I've seen I've seen coaches do it. What are you talking about? He has won he's won one time in five shootouts this year, and you're gonna put him in the net where you're trying to fight for winning the division? Is that smart? 
Is that smart? Is that smart? Ask my answer my question. Is it smart when you're right now fight you're fighting for that number one seed with Washington tied with them? You're playing three games back to back to back games, and you need to win this game, and you don't put Sorokin, who hasn't lost a shootout yet this year. You're gonna put a goalie with a shutout in that game. Speedy, I'm gonna smack you in the back of the head because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're an idiot. You are a jackass, okay? Yes, I would do that. Yes, I would. I look at statistic analytics. Analytics tell you that's what you do, Mr. Idiot. Okay. That's what you do. Outside of Barry Trotz, Joel Quenville, maybe Peter Laviolette, if they lost that game, every other You're coach in idiot. the league would be fired. You're a jackass. That's what you are. And what do I? What do you know about coaching in hockey? Any, but you don't pull a, I, a goalie in a shutout. I, I pull a goalie that's only won one, one freaking shootout the whole season, you idiot. Sorokin's won five shootouts this year. Five of them. Five of them. All five. He's 5-0. and oh. And you don't take Volamov out? Why? Because he's going to cry to the river? That's why they lost, The guy Speedy. has a shutout. That guy has a shutout. And now he has a loss. Game, I now he has a loss, you idiot. Now he has a loss. What are you going to say about that? Okay, so, 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 so Washington should have pulled their goalie, too? Should Washington have pulled their goalie? Why don't you shut your gapper? You're an idiot. You're a jackass. Anyways. Oh, my God. Listening to you is like listening to a menace when it comes to hockey. Please do not tell me about hockey because I played hockey, and I know how the game works. You do When you're fighting, when there's seven games left of the season, and you have three games back to back to back, and you have a shutout 0-0, and you have a chance to win a game, and you put Volamov, who's won one shootout, one, one shootout the whole season, to a guy, a rookie, hasn't lost one. And you're going to play him in a shootout? I don't care if he shut them out. And he, he had 70 stops in that game. You do not play him in a shootout. That's his weakness. He's not good at one-on-one. You, take, you put the strength of your goalie in. That's the smart move, not the stupid move. Okay, so the Columbus Blue Jackets, who forever had Sergei Bobrovsky, one of the best goalies in the league. Sergei Bobrovsky. Yes, he's had he's had issues in shootouts too. You're gonna pull him for you're gonna pull him for whoever the other backups were. Bobrovsky is not Volamov, you idiot, you jackass. Bobrovsky won a, a Venziana Trophy. He okay, was one of the best goalies logic, in the league. Your logic well, how many, is how right, many Venziana Trophies did Volamov okay, win, you idiot? All right, your logic is all goalies that are terrible jackass. in shootouts. Should be pulled what because they're bad in shootouts. I, I'm sitting here talking to an idiot. Are you kidding me? You're fighting to win a division, you dumbass. Why would you? Why play? would you pull a goalie with a shutout? Because you just saw why, you dumbass. You just saw it. You're looking at it in hindsight. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it in my sight. How's that, you dumbass? That's what I'm looking at. All right. Again, if 31 uh, out of the 31 coaches in the league, probably 26 mm-hmm. of them would have been fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? That. Guess what? It's Barry Trotz. Okay. And Barry, Barry Trotz, Trotz is just trying to win a game. Fine. All right. Barry Trotz gets the pass. I said he was one of the coaches. You're like a pass. freaking crow. Shut up, you idiot. A beef about the Cowboys. <laughs> jackass. I got to sit here and listen to this jackass after watching them lose a game. Give me a break, Speedy. You need to grow up and start watching hockey. Okay, because any normal person that knows that a guy is one in five in the net in shootouts this season, you do not play when you're trying to win a division. That's what you're trying to do. I mean, it's ridiculous. But but do you want to put a a cold goaltender in? Absolutely. I will trust in Sorokin to stop the Washington Capitals than Volamov, who gave up two easy shootout goals. Okay? Then, then, then Then why didn't they start him today? 
What, what do you mean? Why do they start him? They, they're they're going back and forth now. Sorokin should be starting every well, single game. Well, that's a different issue that Beef than uh, than actually no, determining in game. He just played against the Rangers, and then they put him back into this game. How come that's not the rookie? I have no idea. Well, that's a different thing than what he's saying. You're talking about pregame. <laughs> no, I'm talking about right now. No, I know no, you I are. I'm talking about he's talking about pregame. Also, but there's also times where you've seen a goalie, you know, play the whole game, and then all of a sudden they take him out, and they put a difficult goalie for the shootout. You've seen it plenty of times. Right. Well, let's take a break from this argument and go back to the comments section. Snug says, I think the pre-show drug might have been coke rather than weed or Jack Daniels. Yeah. Jeff says this yeah, has become right. unwashable. Carl says, Josh, throw the rumor from the locker room on who the players thought should have been between the pipes. Li- uh, Carl says, line of the night already. I see my sight. Drop the mic, Errol. Mm, and then no, I'll drop the mic. <laughs> I'll drop it in your ass, Speedy. Uh, seriously, it's ridiculous. Uh, it it's a, fit. Oh, you're damn right. I'll make it fit. I'll shove it right there where the sun doesn't shine, man. Especially with your tidy whities so oh, strapped yeah. up on your friggin' legs. Well, man. enjoy, enjoy it because I'll have an infection. Well, <laughs> well, congratulations. With this mic, you might have an infection. I would. <laughs> well, anyways, that's not a question. <laughs> well, I, I'm just I'm tired. I'm, I, I can't sit here and listen to dumb idiotic idiocy. That's what. That's the best. That's the best word. Idiocy. That's what I would say. Anyways, I want to get off of hockey because I'm I'm just disgusted. But, I'm disgusted. Anyways, uh, uh, Beef. At least your team's at least your team's in the playoffs. So at least my team's in the playoffs. If yeah. if they have Volamov in the net, they're not going to win nothing. How's that sound? Yeah. I Volamov made his run last year and he choked in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it's yeah. time it's time to put the rookie in and let's see what the rookie could do in a big game. That's what I want to see with this Volamov garbage. It's so stupid. It's dumb. I, I'm yeah. just tired of it. Okay, they lost this game because it's stupid. It's stupid. You're looking. You're looking at statistics, analytics, and Barry Trotz is an analytic guy. Analyt, analytic, analytically sound. When you're looking at shootouts, Volamov is not very good at it, and Sorokin so, is. So I've seen the Rangers do it. I've seen the Rangers do it. Yeah, in high scoring games, not low scoring. I've seen it in shootouts. I've seen it in shootouts. I've seen it too, Speedy. It's happened. Yeah, but most of those instances, I agree, B. But most of those instances were in four, three, five, four games. What does it matter? What does it matter? What is it? What does it matter if it's zero zero four 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 going into a shutout? What does it matter? It doesn't matter. You idiot. It it's stupid. You're you're talking dopey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I maybe I maybe I need to smack you a couple of times. All right, I, I really do. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, I should. I, I put your freaking guy, man. If you slap me, I'd be knocked out on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be honest. Oh, well, Errol was a fighter maybe, and a hockey player. I, I know that. Maybe, maybe Errol will fondle you too while you're down. I'm not going to fondle him. I, I'm good with that. No, Errol will not definitely will not do that. <laughs> Besides, he doesn't know what fondling is anyway. So yeah, yeah. I'd be knocked out. I wouldn't matter. <laughs> Why would it matter if I knew if I would be knocked out? <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I wouldn't even ask him if he was knocked out to fondle me, anyways. <laughs> you wouldn't get a response. I'd be knocked out. <laughs> Beef, thank you for calling, right, man. Dude, you got it, my friend. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> oh, Beef, I very speedy. I, I, I've lost. I, I've completely lost my mind with this. Anyways, um, going back into football, I, I, you're, they're talking about Atlanta drafting a running back at number five. Why would they do that when a lot of people are saying that uh, the running backs could fall out of the first and fall into the second? 
You're talking about Harris. You're talking about uh, the kid from Clemson. Etienne. Etienne. And also the South Carolina kid who a lot of people North Carolina, like. North, Javante Williams. Uh, the North Carolina kid. So to me, when you look at the, the picture and where some of these teams are going, I, I, there's, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions on where they're going to be drafting. And maybe they're talking about Pittsburgh maybe moving up. I, I mean – I mean, what do you, Josh? We haven't heard your thoughts to this. What are your What are your thoughts to it? I mean, it's a lot to take in. Discussing after everything that happened with the hockey talk, and I was reading all the comments. I was I was talking with everybody too while you Speedy saw it. Um, I mean, look, there's no way the Falcons are, are drafting a running back in the top five. That's absolutely that's blasphemy if that happens. And whoever decides that, then they should be fired on the spot. I'm sorry, that would be absolutely egregious and ridiculous. Um, and by the way, because I know earlier Jeff told me to shut up, but I didn't say a single word. So now he could tell me to shut up now. Uh, and now they're into fondling. Thank you, Melvin, guys. Thank you, all the commenters that are into fondling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carl talked about a felony happening to Errol. So, yeah. I mean, oh, he's well. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but it's – look, I mean, talking about the Jets trading up earlier – we discussed this on the show yesterday, and even Joe Douglas alluded it to, to it today. He said that there are already plans in place that if there's a guy that is there for the taking that they really want, they will trade up to get him. And obviously the two guys I think of instantly are Trey Jenkins from Oklahoma State and Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Those are the two guys that I instantly think of. Now, what would they have to trade? I mean, they have the 23rd pick already, or maybe it's not even a first-round pick. Maybe they see somebody in the second and third round they reach up for and go that route. I agree with Speed, too. The Browns are so talented, they could easily trade up and get somebody. They have so much talent. I mean, what is it that the Browns somewhat need help on? I mean, that's they have so much talent. I mean, just maybe, maybe some pass rush depth, but, I mean, they don't really need I mean, much they, beyond I that. Mean, they, no, they could easily go that route. I agree with them. And they did just sign Clowney. But then, of course, you have the, the, the issue, of course, with, with Clowney, and we've discussed this, is as good as Clowney can be, it's can he stay healthy on the field, right? right? That's that. So they got to have a backup plan in place where that Cleveland – because, look, Cleveland is right there. They're in – they are absolutely in the discussion – Speedy, to, you know, to talk about a contender. They're, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're easily in the discussion because look at how many guys did well on one-year contracts last year on that defense to begin with. And a lot of these guys now are in the second year of a scheme. Uh, Steve Wilkes, I think, is still their defensive coordinator there who has had success in Arizona, even though he wasn't a great head coach. He was a terrible head coach. He, he's had success as – or Carolina, my bad. He had success as a defensive coordinator in Carolina. So that definitely makes a difference as well. And depth is definitely there for – for the Browns on many facets. Jeff says Browns need the linebacker. Yeah, I could see that too. They also did sign Anthony Walker, who's a nice player from the Indian- Indianapolis Colts. Mac Wilson and Sion Takataki did play well last year, though, so that's definitely a possibility. Uh, and I Jeff, agree with Jeff. Jeff also says, uh, before you get to that, Josh, 20 minutes without Josh, and we had to hear from the Beeve. I'm torn on who's worse. And Slug says, I heard a rumor from the Beeve that the Falcons are going to be trading for Zeke and Jerry Jones. Stephen Jones is ready to deal the old man. And Carl says, how crazy does that sound when you say the Browns have so much talent? Definitely not said for the past 30 years. You got that right. <laughs> well, before Jeff made the comment about who's worse, I will agree with Jeff on this. I agree that Carolina is the team that I, when you look at it, is the one team I think that will trade out of their spot. I don't see Miami trading out anymore, and there's no reason for them to. I think if there's – look, if Jamar Chase is there, I think obviously that's the pick. Otherwise, it will be interesting to see where they go. If Cincinnati does take Jamar Chase, I am curious what the Dolphins do decide to do. Is it 
are they going to go? Are they going to go the offensive line route? You know, and maybe get a Sewell or a Sl- you know somebody like that to add to the line to, to basically to put out there for Tua, right? That's that's you know to basically keep him on his feet. And of course, with Tua's injury history as well, you want to right. keep him as healthy as possible. And if he gets hit, it happened last season when he got hit, he was out for a little bit. So you have to be able to think about it in that perspective. Uh, there's so many rumors and stories going on. I mean, we've gotten to the point where now we're hearing that the Eagles are playing rock, paper, scissors in their, in their meetings with these kids to see how fast <laughs> they could think. I mean, that's just like, and they actually, the chat, I'm surprised Chip <laughs> Kelly didn't do that. Well, Joe Douglas got asked that today and Joe Douglas was like, no, we, we, we didn't do that. So <laughs> oh, that route. I mean, but it's just a fascinating story when you hear all the different trading ups, trading downs. I mean, you always hear a bunch of these rumors, right? That's always what it comes down to. And there's times when nothing even comes to fruition. So yeah, there were barely, I don't think there were any trade ups last year in the top 10. No, I don't believe there were either, but I, I, I do agree with Jeff that I could see Carolina being the one team that does trade down, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there, cause there's going to be so many good players, they did. They did lose the receiver to Washington. I know that. I mean, they. Need I think he's replaceable, defense. though. I don't. I, you lost a third receiver. I don't think that's. Really yeah, but he was still a productive receiver, though, and that's the thing. And, and they also need help on defense. And there's some. And, and there's not Plenty many it, yeah. great defensive players on this draft that you could actually. You could trade. You could trade down to get a defensive. You could get the the guy that um, Jeff likes, the one that we Collins, talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a great uh, fit for them. You know the one <clears> from. Um, Tulsa. Yeah, so Tulsa. Did you uh did you guys hear what uh, Tom Brady said about expanding uniform numbers? Good luck trying to block the right people now. Did anybody read this article? Yeah, it was definitely he was saying something like it can mess with different chemistry issues, whether it was receivers, whether it was offensive linemen, like you were mentioning in the quote, and even defensive players too. Being that the number system has been so strict for a while, especially with certain positions, I could definitely see that being an issue. Not all season, but in the beginning of the season, for sure. If these receivers all of a sudden switch to 50 or these offensive linemen switch to receiver numbers or something like that, I could definitely see it being a little bit, not a huge but issue, for but quarterback, for quarterbacks calling numbers at the line of scrimmage, that, that would oh, really, yeah, absolutely. that would affect quarterbacks, especially when yeah. you're calling the blitz, you're calling, you know who the, the, the top players are that's going to blitz at you. You've been doing this for years, you know, right. and you're studying, when you're studying different, uh, video and you're you're studying different stuff on on video and you know who's going to tackle you just like you know who Jadavian Clowney number it numbers is uh, or Miles Garrett's number you and now all of a sudden you're changing it from whatever it is 88 or 89 to 11 it's going to throw teams off it's going to throw players off so it's a very interesting take that Tom Brady comes out and says now you know what's interesting is actually I feel like this could benefit a lot of the other things uh, before we get to that Carl says of all the people that are saying they can't adapt Tom Brady it's kind of shocked he did, he said that yeah, he'll be able to adapt fine. I, I, I'm not as worried about him, even though he's the one who said it. I think it'll come over time. But it's interesting because college football more directly in there for younger players with they don't have the same number of restrictions. They even have double numbers a lot of the times too. So I don't. I actually think that could help younger quarterbacks and younger skill players even more than it would happen to the veteran guys who, like you were saying, they're so used to calling out one guy's number, one pass rusher, one corner, something like that. Tom Brady says, "Why have numbers?" Just have colored jerseys. Why not wear the same number? Well, that's a whole other issue. I've, I've at NFL, I don't like NFL PA. <laughs> Tom Brady taking shots at the NFL. Very interesting. Well, you're never going to be NFL PA president. <laughs> well, Tom Brady is is a very well respectable respectable athlete right now in the NFL, and the NFL PA 
uh, respects that Tom Brady is going to come out and stick up for the league and stick up for the players. So it's an interesting story. And, and the NFL with these rule changes, absolutely horrendous. It ruins the game. It ruins the game. Carl says, you know who can't read a blitz? Trubisky. Yeah, you wonder, maybe, maybe, that'll, help the, maybe that'll help Trubisky changing all the numbers around. Maybe he'll be used to throwing it to the, t- the 20s and the, the 50s more. <laughs> I mean, what is your take on this, Josh? I mean, I think, look at it this way. I mean, we think about all the number of things and everything like that. But to me, I understand what you're saying when you call it a number. You're, re- you know, you're talking to a player and everything like that to read the play. A number is a number, right? I mean, look in college; they all wear different numbers. Denzel Mims was number what? Number five at Baylor. I think two. Like, I think he was two. He was number two. So you see, that's that's the crazy thing. And he's I number mean, eleven with the Jets. Exactly. Number Robbie Anderson was number eleven with the Jets. It, it, to me, who, who cares what the number is? You find a way to adapt. I, I don't know. I just think it's like this. I understand kind of where Tom Brady is coming from because he's so used to the way everything is. And but then, but then he tries to put a little shrewd into it when he says, "Let's just all have the same number. Why not?" So it's. I mean, it's. He tries to put his little twist into it where he somewhat agrees with what the NFL is doing, but he's like, "Eh, no, I'm, I'm going to change the number. I, I want to keep it very simple for myself because I'm at the age of what, forty two, forty three, where." Listen, if you want to do this, you can do this when I retire. Let's so, keep it the way it is because I've won how many Super Bowls now already. So. so so in the Tom Brady NFL, everyone should uh every team should have the number of uh, where they finished in the standings and go from there. Everyone all the Jaguars have to wear thirty two, all the Jets have to wear thirty one and so on and so forth from his logic. I, I, again, I don't think that's what Tom Brady is saying. I think I Tom Brady's putting a funny twist to it. I, I think Tom Brady is upset that the league is trying to change the rules and trying to maneuver things that's going to affect the game and yep. the speed of the game. That's what he's saying. And I think he's absolutely right. How could you change the game and the way the game is played when it's been played like this forever? It ruins the game. And I, I and by the way, Carl's saying uh, Brady's trying to boost the jersey sales. Ha, ha, ha. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's trying to boost the jersey sales. I, I think the fact that Tom Brady's trying to step in and trying to protect the players and protect the quarterbacks in this league. Because if you're standing at the line of scrimmage and you have stupid Jared Goff who can't call a play after 15 seconds when the, when the coach is calling all the plays in, in your ear and you don't know how to f- f- read a blitz, you're going to get killed. You're going to get killed. They also did that deliberately, though, too. Waited for the play clock to break the huddle, too. That but was, I agree with that Arrow was something to this, of his strategy, too. I agree with Arrow to this standpoint as well. I mean, look, we, we've kept the same we kept the same thing for years. What What is the point of changing it now anyway? You know what I'm saying? Roger Goodell. <laughs> I mean, it's what'd you say? Roger Goodell. That's the answer. I know it is. It's always, listen, look at baseball, right? Baseball's trying to do a billion things and they're trying to change things. Another make, idiot. Rob another idiot, Rob Manfred. Yeah. So it's, you're sticking your foot in something that doesn't belong. Two of the worst commissioners in all professional sports. They're, they are the two worst. I would say, I would put Rob Manfred on top and then Roger Goodell, but Roger Goodell's an idiot. And so is Rob Manfred. Two guys that don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm, I swear, sometimes I wonder if they actually know where they are half the time. I think that they wake up uh, when they wake up on the side of the bed, if they have their wives, if they don't have a wife, they're wondering if they should be with somebody else because they don't even know that they're there. Okay? They're just two idiots. <laughs> Two morons. And, and then with, with all the beneficial things that we're hearing that a lot of these ex-players are asking for benefits after, after the game. You're talking about Roger Goodell, who signed a contract with all these, commission, these owners, stating that even when he's done being the commissioner of the NFL, that him and his family have benefits for the rest of their lives. But he won't give it to the players that put their lives on the line every single day. 
But he's worried about changing the jersey numbers. Yeah, well. He, <laughs> and the onside kick rules, which was the onside kick rules, which is getting one less player on the field, by the yes. way. Is that really hoping, even going to change anything? improve the percentages from 4% to maybe 10. <laughs> it's not going to change anything. It's one less player. Big deal. It's not going to yeah, change Yeah, I think the, what they were proposing last year with the 4th and 15 probably would have been more likely to have more, not a huge outcome, but a percentage outcome. Uh, by right. the way, Slug says, I'm trying to get a show worn autograph Cowboys speedy. Oh, really? Snug speedy jersey. <laughs> Errol, you heard about that, right? With the whole with the onside kick rule where they're going to take one less player off. Now it's going to be nine players instead of ten. Yeah, well, the NFL, again, is trying to fuss around with these rules because they think it makes it better. Why don't they figure out uh, a way to protect the players with the helmets that they're wearing? Mm-hmm. How's that sound? I mean, with the concussion problems. are not there. And I don't want to hear that the concussions are, concussions are down right now in the NFL. It's still, when you look at the helmets and you look at the helmet-to-helmet injuries that are going on right now in the NFL, it is affecting these players after they're done with their careers. I don't care what the NFL is trying to do. Well, we've, we've, we've really gotten better with the helmets we we've put more pads in we've we've added different features to the helmet that's going to make the helmets a lot more safer to play with give me a break they're still causing concussion problems and 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 that's a huge problem still in the game i know it's full contact but look at the nhl did have you heard a lot of concussion problems ever since they changed the helmets in the nhl not as much not as much why why is that why is the nfl still at I think they're at 60% or 67% with concussion rates. That's not good. That's not good. It's causing a huge amount of problems moving forward in the NFL. And these players are not lasting. Mm-hmm. And, and parents are starting to keep their kids away from football to play baseball, to play basketball, to play other sports. Because they'd rather be doing that, doing that than playing football. And superstar players are retiring early. He's retiring at 30, retiring at 29. Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley, Patrick yep. Willis, all Patrick, these guys. Yep. Yeah, all Tom these Johnson. guys. Uh, Carl to says. Pickershaw Ferguson. Yep. Yeah. Carl says onside kick rule makes it a five on three for the kicking team since you have to line up one guy over the kicker to make sure he doesn't kick it to himself. I uh, do have CTE. I do. <laughs> I'm listening to some of this rubbish. I do. <laughs> uh, Carl, it's in- it's interesting you brought that up. Yeah, I think they're trying to create it as an advantage. Just how much of an advantage is, is it going to be, though, when you're judging, one, the fact that the onside kick is still very random as it is. You have to recover within 10 yards. You obviously have to recover it with both feet and all the, all your you body parts in balance, too. Speedy. You can't even get a running start. Right, and that yeah, that's the biggest issue of it all, where – you're not you're not having a running start, so the position, the, the timing of it, just like any other play, is still going to be the same. And they're more spread out to catch it in different spots where you have to line up all in the same line too. So I mean, the position- it, it's, it's just like I said, the biggest thing is if you can't get a running start, right? How on earth are you even ever supposed to even have a shot at getting the ball? That's the thing. Yeah, and again- I mean, unless I mean, every now and then we see the onside kick and. I mean, look, like you said, if you bring up the Green Bay Packers and you know, <laughs> Brandon, Bostic. Brandon Bostic, then that's a situation that, you know, ugh. but the point of it is this. If you don't have a running start, it's not going to change anything, in my opinion. And if you have a different, that's fine. I, I, it's it's a disadvantage to the team that's kicking the ball because how are they even ever supposed to get the ball if they can't even, by the time the ball is already on the other side of the, of the other team's hands, it's over. Carl says five on three will blow up the receiving team. See, the problem is, though, the de- the defensive side, though, Carl, also has a ch- chance to be able to do many different alignments with the receiving team rather than the 
kicking team, which has to line up on the line of scrimmage. They can't, obviously, they're not going to line up further back as it is. I mean, I, technically they can, but they're not going to do that because, they one, they don't have a running start order, so it is like Josh is saying. And two, again, why would you want to go further back for no reason, whereas the receiving team has that entire field of play? Yes, they have more bodies, but again, the, the ball could bounce all over the place. Like I was saying earlier, you have to have all your body parts in bounds in order to recover the kick, or it's still out of bounds. And you have to kick it within 10 yards. It still makes it very hard. Uh, Snug says, maybe instead of a kickoff, the NFL goes back to the classic NBA jump ball. Yeah, I don't know if that. Would no, work no, do the, no, no, no. They should do the XFL thing where they just have two guys chase after the football and whoever gets it. Wins. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Carl says Josh paging Hank basket. <laughs> and Jeff says yep. they should make the change to the fourth and fifteen idea. Yeah, that's probably a little more likely in terms of trying to improve success rate. That's still going to be very hard as it is. But again, it's a, it's a very interesting from a strategy perspective what they proposed last year, especially if they use it at different points in the game too, because they said they didn't have to use it just in the fourth quarter. I also look at when, when you look at the quarterbacks in the quarterback position now in the league and the transition of these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks are coming to the league and it's becoming a mobile quarterback league. These quarterbacks are moving out of the pocket. They're, they're dipping their heads in. I know everybody says, well, they should be teaching these quarterbacks now the technique and sliding. That's fine, but a lot of these quarterbacks are coming into the league where they think the game is a little bit they, – they know the game's faster. They know the game – these guys are bigger and they're stronger and they're faster, but they put themselves in harm's way when they're trying to slide in. And you can't teach these kids. These kids are learning this in high school, sliding. Some people are sliding head first. You know, into you know, how many times did Josh Allen be caught sliding headfirst this year and, and, and almost causing himself injury? And he's had concussions since he's come in the league because he slided headfirst. Well, they're going to say, well, why don't they teach him the right way to slide? When you're so used to doing something over and over and over again, uh, again, it affects you when you're trying to change it. Sam Donald tried to do it. We saw how many times did we see it with uh, the other quarterbacks? Uh, Mark Sanchez when he came to the league. Mark Sanchez did it constantly. You could even. Joe Ryan, Girardi, Pat, they brought Patrick still does it. Ryan they brought they brought they Cam brought Newton does it plenty of times. Yeah. They yeah. brought Joe Girardi in to help Mark Sanchez out uh, to learn how to slide. Did it help him? No. So again, I I I think that the league needs to figure things out because they're putting these players in harm's way, and and everybody says, well, it's a new transition of the game. Where you, these mobile quarterbacks are really redefining the game. Well, th- these co- mobile quarterbacks are changing the game and also putting the quarterback position in harm's way. Well, that always has been the problem with a lot of the running quarterbacks. Uh, Snug says sliding ahead first. That's what she said. Yeah, <laughs> that's going Snug. But yeah, that's always been a risk, no matter what. That's why they don't last. They don't last as long in the league as a whole. And that's why they're success rate hasn't been as good. People always say, all right, the, the, what is the last mobile quarterback that won a Super Bowl? How often does it happen kind of thing? That's why. Uh, <laughs> nice tip, Snug, as nice, Carl. Um, but again, the, the other thing, too, is because of this change of what they're doing. Cam Newton won an MVP, but again, his head-first power style has caused him to run and get hurt a lot, too. But now we're seeing more of a finesse running style. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, guys like that, where they're not getting hurt as often. Now, Josh Allen definitely is more in that Cam Newton mold where he could have those issues down the line. So far, he's been pretty good in terms of keeping himself healthy. But it's definitely something with the running style changes, too, that could change the way that they operate. But again, if guys, defenders still hand on. Defenders You're still a multi-billion dollar organization. Figure something out. Absolutely. And figure something out. This is ridiculous. Or play with no helmet. You're probably better off. 
I, I honestly, I think these players should be playing with no helmets. <laughs> I know you're going to say, "Well, these guys are dying." Football. Or you can at least do the old, the old helmets from what was it, the fifties? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I obviously, <laughs> obviously, the helmets are the reason and the cause of all these injuries. I, I know what you're going to say. Well, it's going to cause cervi- uh, cervical problems with your your. Your, your back and all those other stuff and neck problems, that's fine because of all the stuff that's going on with concussions, you're probably better off living uh, w- that way than doing the other things with the helmets. So we've seen this over and over again. I think the transition of the game and, and the speed of the game, yes, that's fine, but these helmets are not helping it. They're not helping the, the significance of the game. Did you hear what Miles Garrett said? With this re- revamped defense, will be very, very scary. You know what? This is a problem with, you know, with a lot of players in this league. And I, I will say this over and over again. I love Miles Garrett. I love his t- intensity. I love how he plays the game. He goes out there and he tries to rip your head off. Except okay? where he throws helmets at people. <laughs> well, besides that, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But everybody wants to attack the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ask the Bengals. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but uh, to me, when, when you look at guys like Miles Garrett, why is he speaking? The season hasn't even started. He's already speaking. This is the same guy... Uh, first of all, Jadavian Clowney was offered a three-year, 30-something million dollar contract a year ago. He decided to sign a one-year contract with the Titans, okay? Then he signs, the next year, he signs with the, the Browns for one-year, $10 million contract. See who's stupid now. I mean, look who's stupid now with Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney, who decided to go and play. You had a chance to play with Miles Garrett making 30-something million dollars a year, uh, $22 million guaranteed, and you decided to go to the Titans, which you did nothing. And you get to play with Ryan Tan. Hill. Remember, Good luck still, on that. Remember, they still had Olivia Vernon on the team, too. So they already... I was actually going to ask you guys this question. You brought the Pittsburgh Steelers for a second ago. We didn't discuss it yesterday about Mike Tomlin's extension. He got the three-year extension, and a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans are not happy that he's coming back. <laughs> oh, why, so... why would they not be happy when they have the best coach stability outside of the Patriots in the league, historically? I mean, it's crazy because, you know, the funny thing is with Bill Cowher, Bill Cowher for years was always not able to win the big game. Now, he won the big game at the end of his career and then retired. Mike Tomlin won it at the beginning of his career. Jeff, you're an idiot. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry, Josh. No, it's fine. But, um, you know, the thing is, Mike Tomlin won it early in his career, and then he got them back to the Super Bowl again when he lost to Green Bay. But you look at it on a consistent basis. No matter what talent the team has, they're always in it in the playoffs. They're always consistently good. I mean, I don't don't know off the top of my head what Tomlin's coaching career record is per se, but, Speedy, if you can look that up – it's amazing how Pittsburgh – listen, if he was ever on the market, Errol, you're a Jeff fan. I can tell you this. Would, would you not want – would you want the Jets to hire Mike Tomlin? No. He's 145-78 and one. Wouldn't. I don't want Mike Tomlin, and I'll tell you why I don't want Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, Tomlin is predicated with good teams. Look at the teams that he's had. First of all, he took over Ben Roethlisberger. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He took over Bill Cowher's team, and, and he, he, was inher- he inherited a good team. Yes, he did. He won one Super Bowl with Bill Cowher's team. Inheriting a great defense. He won one Super Bowl. With Bill Carosini, how long has he been out for 13 years? Consistently good, though. It doesn't matter. Here's the problem, though. When you after the defensive players retired or like, they got released because they got old, Palomalu, Ike Taylor, Mike Tomlin like is that, overrated. I they, never like. He him. hasn't had. He hasn't been able to develop the defense in the same way. Look at how much trouble they've had with secondary players now. They've had a bad secondary for six years outside of Minka Fitzpatrick. The front seven's been pretty. Well, they got rid of Stephen Nelson, which I still don't understand why. <laughs> yeah, they Steven did Nelson, that. Right. that, but whatever. <laughs> right, but again. And he, they haven't had 
as good of overall team defenses. And Jeff brings up a good point, too, something I've argued about for years. Belichick has put Mike Tomlin in his back pocket every single game, never wins a big game. Yes, that's, that's another big problem with him. It seems like, especially with the Patriots, he, they've never been, they've played the same way, seen pretty much every single time, building the same type of team because it's worked, like you were saying, Josh, it's worked for a while, so they don't want to shy away from it, but they have to try some new things. Just they try losing. Just think. You had, at some years, you had the best offense, and then some years you had the best defense, and you right. still can't get over the hump to go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. They could never get over the hump against the Patriots. The Patriots always slammed them down. Mm-hmm. They've had problems over the years against Kansas City. I mean, this has been a huge problem for the Pittsburgh I think they beat Kansas City one time. One so time far. in a game I where they had six field goals. <laughs> okay, so I ask you this question now. As a Jet fan, would you want to see them – Consistently good and in the playoffs. No, or would you want them to win one Super Bowl in like fifteen years? One okay Super Bowl in fifteen years, I'd be happy with that. They haven't won a Super Bowl in fifty. <laughs> I'll be honest; I think most Jets fans are in Errol's boat. I, I'd rather them see one Super Bowl. And, and by the way, Mike Tomlin. Who's to say Mike Tomlin goes to a team like the Jets and a, a really bad run organization and right. go over there and completely fall flat yeah. on his head? Okay, Robert Sala has a better chance of succeeding. You know why? Because he's never done it before, and we don't know what he's capable of doing. Crazy. And, his own identity, and yeah. creating his own identity. Tomlin, we already know what he is. We know what he is. He's an ass kisser, okay? He kisses his player's ass. That's why Le'Veon Bell took advantage of him. That's why Antonio Brown took advantage of him. And that's why Ben Roethlisberger, for years, has taken advantage of him. Who do we got on the phone? We got Jeff. Jeff, what's going on, man? I mean, Josh, what an unfair way to preface that question. Oh, would you rather win, you know, sell out and win one Super Bowl? Dude, the entire league wants to sell out and win a Super Bowl. The entire league would. And and asking a Jets fan if they'd like Mike Tomlin, yeah, they definitely would. They'd like any semblance of stability whatsoever. They haven't had that in 30 years. I mean, look, it's just a question I thought about in the sense that would you want your team to be on a consistently good base? Look, you're a Patriots fan. I mean, asking you, it's a different perspective. But you look at, say, I don't know, think of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a team. Think of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are, right, they're going to start to be kind of a consistently good team. Do you think the Browns fans are happy? (laughs) No, but I'm saying that, but do you think they'll be happy that they're in a consistently good run organization every year or do you think they'll be upset every year that they don't win the Super Bowl? I mean, but, that's just something I like, I don't know. But Josh, I don't think it's, I don't think you can say, you know, I think the Patriots are the perfect example of selling out to win though. Right. Because they could have moved on from Tom Brady and instead they didn't, they sold out to win. They put themselves in a horrible position financially. You saw that last year, but you know why Patriots fans don't complain? Because it brought them Super Bowls. They won mm-hmm. Super Bowls even after trading Garoppolo and putting themselves in salary cap hell. Do you realize they still had a salary cap hit of $15 million for Tom Brady? The Patriots have sold out a ton of times to win Super Bowls because that's the goal. You sell out to win Super Bowls. The other thing, too, Josh, is do you want to be the like a team like the Minnesota Vikings who are a good player development organization? I think they're one of the five or seven something like winningest teams of all time, but they can never win the big game either, and their fans get frustrated at them all the time with the decisions they make as good as they are as a player development no, organization. No, listen, I understand where everybody's point is coming from. It's just me being a Jet fan, like I said, I would just want to see – like when the Jets went to back-to-back AFC championship games, it was devastating losing those games. But the run was great. You know what I'm saying? Like, the run was awesome. Could they have closed the run? Could they have finished it? Surely they can, but it felt good. And they just went on a complete tailspin afterwards. 
I would like to just see my team be consistent. And look, if you, obviously everybody wants to win a Super Bowl, but Are if you, you a get Jet it, fan, Josh. Yes, he's a Jet fan. Yeah, I'm a Jet fan. Yes. That explains why he doesn't know anything about pro football. Now I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's yep, that's why. That you got it, Jeff. <laughs> I, I would say this. I would say this, Jeff. When I look at he asked me, would I would would I like Mike Tomlin? I wouldn't want Mike Tomlin. I don't care how consistent he's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He hasn't won anything. He took over for Bill Cowler, and he did nothing after winning that Super Bowl two, three years later after he took over with Bill Cowler. He's been there. He's done that. He couldn't get over the hump. He can't win the big game. I don't like him. I wouldn't want him on my team. Listen, man. It's completely fine not to like him, and I understand where you're coming from. I believe that that Mike Tomlin, might, you know, is probably a little overrated coach. But let's be honest, bro. Saying that you wouldn't want him to coach your team, you've had Todd Bowles, Crazy Eyes, uh, a foot worshiper Rex Ryan. You would kill for some stability that Mike Tomlin would provide you. You would kill for it. Uh, I, I wouldn't because I've told and everybody that knows me on this show and has listened to me over and over again, I am not a big Mike Tomlin fan. I think, again so – so you would rather be you would rather be the joke of the back page. Of I want to see New York newspaper. No, 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 ben. Jeff. I want to see Mike Tomlin without Ben Roethlisberger. When Ben Roethlisberger retires and he has to bring in his own co- quarterback, not Bill Cowler's quarterback, his own quarterback, and has to that's, coach and let him coach his own quarterback. Let's see how good Mike Tomlin is. That's not going to be his choice, anyways. It's going to be that's fine. The Roonies and whoever that's will fine. Make that decision. That's fine. But, but listen, and 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 Mike Tomlin hasn't won the big game. But Mike Tomlin deserves at least a little bit of credit for this. He's been there for a long time, and a lot of other coaches of lesser ability would have crashed that franchise and already been fired. And and the fact that Mike Tomlin has done a good job keeping that team competitive year after year, there's something to be said for that. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm, I'm just telling you that if, if you were to ask me, would I want Mike Tomlin or not, no, I'm gonna, I want a guy – I'd rather take a Robert Saller, a guy that really has to define who he is as a head coach. And I think you'd much rather have Rex Ryan getting Mark Sanchez's feet tattooed on. No, (laughs) I never said that. I I never said that. I would rather have the proven guy, the guy that's been in an organization that has some semblance of credibility and semblance of organization. You know, you look at it, you could even go back further. If you want to even bring up what the Jets have had, you brought up Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, you go back to Rich Kotite if you want to go that far. I mean, it's been yeah, a Carl disaster. Just mentioned Rich Kotite. It's a disaster. So it's, yeah, I mean, uh, I was only mentioning the most recent embarrassments. Yeah. I mean, that, that <laughs> there's been, been a lot, Jeff. Since the 70s. It's been a lot, Jeff. There's By the way, some of the other comments. Carl said, did Josh say the Browns are consistently good team? Well, they're consistent. They were just consistent. No, I didn't bad. say they were consistent. I said they're about to be. They, they could be. Yeah, that's exactly talent. what I said. Uh, Slug says the Vikings are the official bridesmaids of the NFL. That sounds right. <laughs> Slug's uh, apparently uh, <laughs> taking a shot at Errol. Who wants Mike Tomlin? Well, you can get Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. And then he also says, I heard he missed crazy guys. I, I'm, uh, honestly, I'm not a Tomlin fan. I never was. And, and any Jeff fan... If Jet fans want a guy that's, yes, he inherited a team. And by the way, that team, this Pittsburgh Steelers team, and you look at what they've done in the last couple of years, they've gotten worse. They've gotten worse. And that has a lot to do with coaching. I don't care what they had. They, they had the best record. They had the best record in the league, really, with like the last six games of the season. And really, it, it all fell together for them, Jeff. It did. And, and it's not because of Tomlin. It's not because of Tomlin's coaching. It just, it just so happens everything fell the right way. 
Now, where you look at them now, all I said, all I said was lesser coaches would have destroyed it a whole. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe what not. What do you mean, maybe? Look at I, the Jets and name any one of those coaches and tell me that any of those coaches put their team in a better, like you know, in a better position. Mike Tomlin has done that. Every coach the Jets hire, the team gets worse. Again, you look at Mike Tomlin took over the, really the same coaching staff as Bill Cowher, except maybe like the last five years, it's been. Bill Cowers' uh, coaching staff. It really has they, been. They got, they got, they got all no. It's no, not no. In the now, took, now, now they do. Now they do. No, it's not because when he took over, it was like Ken Wisenhunt and and all of those Bruce Arians. Yeah, they're, they're but three or four gone. different offensive coordinators. Under well, 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 hold on. Ken Wisenhunt is from the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. He is from their uh, their uh, Pittsburgh organization. Also, the defensive coordinator that was there for almost a century, Dick LeBeau. Yeah. Dick LeBeau. He took a, Dick LeBeau was there for like ten years mm-hmm. before after after Cowers. He there. only just left three years. Ago, I, I, I mean, yeah. he pretty much took over the same coaching staff. It was the same defense, the same offense. It was Ben Roethlisberger's team. He took over the same freaking team. I want to see what he does, and we have seen his team. Really, the last five years, it's been. Tom uh, Tomlin's team. What has Tomlin done in the last five years? What has he won? I'll tell you what. Nothing. Well, listen. Well, no, he he hasn't won. But like, let's you you want to see what Mike Tomlin does without Roethlisberger? He's been hurt on and off for the yes. last few years, and he's yes. been patching it together with idiots like Duck Hodges. So that's a pretty good job. Well, 2019, you get, I'll give him a lot of credit. They were 8-8 eight and eight considering all that that they had. But there's well, also they, been years they, where they've underwhelmed, too, with a lot of talent. So that kind of cancels out in a sense. I, I don't uh, Honestly, with the talent that the Pittsburgh Steelers have every single year, they should be better. They, he should have more championships. I don't care how, how much stability he brings to the Pittsburgh, Steel, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. He hasn't won diddly squat. That organization has more Super Bowls. Them and the Patriots have the most Super Bowl wins in, in, in NFL history. The fact that you can sit here and tell me that Tomlin, after winning one Super Bowl in 13 years, it's good enough for an, an organization that's the best organization in professional football, I'm sorry. I disagree with you, Jeff. That, that, and we, I, we've been pretty much dead on with a lot of things that we agree with. No, but this, listen, no, I, I just don't think he's as bad. Listen, I'm not saying he's a great coach, and I think that he's underwhelmed in big moments for sure. I'm yes. not giving a, a pass on that. I understand not, what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I, I, I just don't think he's – as bad as you think, I think that you would probably kill. Listen, if the Jets had hired Mike Tomlin away this year, you'd be saying, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing just because the Jets got him. Because I listened to you do it with Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you do it with Robert Sala. How many years have you been saying, oh, the Jets are two years away? You've been saying it for seven years. Yeah, and, and, and that's what a Jet fan usually does. And, again, I, I'll go back to Mike Tomlin. I'm go, taking that approach. I'll go back to Mike Tomlin again. And, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't. As a, as a Jet fan, Mike Tomlin might bring stability to the Jets, but stability doesn't bring championships. I have I have sit here. I have never seen a chance. I have never seen the Jets play in a Super Bowl. Since my whole life, I became a Jet fan in 1987. Okay, I I was born in 82. I have not seen the Jets play in a Super Bowl ever. So for me to say, hey, yeah, you know East what, you know, you know what, uh, stability this, stability that. Mike Tomlin's been my coach for 13 years, but by the way, we've never been in a Super Bowl. I'm not going to be happy with that. I, I, to would, me, as a Jets fan, you would absolutely live and die to be in as many AFC championship games in your lifetime as Mike Tomlin's been to in his short head coach. I understand what you're saying, Jeff, and I'm not disagreeing with you that Mike Tomlin's been a better coach than any Jets coach that we've seen in the last 20 years, 30 years, whatever you want to say. I don't care. 
Because to me, I would rather see a coach win one Super Bowl in 15 years for my team than a guy being consistent going to the playoffs over you and over what, and over again. Know, well, you know what? Mike Tomlin would get you very seriously, like, not even kidding. Because we've talked about this before, too. At least with Mike Tomlin, you have at least hope, right? Like, oh, we, we're going to be good. We can go serve. Dude, the Jets were a two-win football team. What is legitimate? Honestly, what is your legit expectations for this team next year? Hopefully they get six wins. That's still missing the playoffs. Um, I, I think I think with the schedule the Jets have, I, I between six and <laughs> six and eight, six and eight wins. But if if it's a good season, nine or ten, it all depends on how everything falls. It all depends on how everything falls. By the way, uh, Carl mentions that the consistency has been there. He's won five division titles past five years and makes the playoffs. But they should be better. Stuck says he totally did it with Adam Gase. And uh, Carl has said he won one title. Yeah, I'm getting to that. So the beef has chimed in the comments section and it says, who would you rather have, Andy Reid or Mike Tomlin? Andy Reid. I think that's obvious. Oh, Andy Reid. Obvious Andy Oh, Reed. I'd rather have Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think, I think when you look at the big picture, I'm taking Andy Reid. Andy Reid's the better coach. Uh, there's no question that he is. That's not saying much because Andy Reid in the big game, he's been choking too. He's choked plenty of times Many, in the big yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NFC Championship. And, and, and Andy Reid can't beat Tom Brady. He, he can't. He's had problems beating Tom Brady for years. He couldn't beat well, him with Brady, the Patriots. That's, that's, that's going to end soon anyway. At least Andy Reid will be in the lead longer than Tom Brady is. Probably. Well, right? yeah. he also eats more than Tom Brady and the whole Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneers team. He eats more okay? in a week than Tom Brady does in a month. <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously. I, I mean, the fact is, is when you look at the big picture, and again, I'm going to go back to Tomlin. I'm not saying Tomlin is a bad coach. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you would ask me, what uh, Josh asked me right over there, would, wouldn't you take Tom Coughlin if if he was a free if, if he was available for the Jets? And the answer is no. I don't want a guy, first of all, I don't want some other team sloppy seconds, one. Number two, I don't know what Tomlin is going to that's be. That's all the Jets get is sloppy seconds. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That's why Robert said No, we always get the sloppy second coordinators. That's what we <laughs> that's why. That's why I don't want Tomlin. I, I want to see what Robert Saleh is. Maybe the Jets will get lucky on this one. I, I don't know. But again... Jeff, it's, this isn't take shots at the Jets right now. This is your, I'm your not, as- though. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm legitimately saying that you as a Jets fan yeah. go for that stability, and I don't understand why all the Mike Tomlin hate because he has one, and, uh, you, you know. I didn't hate I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I'm just telling you. you, said you yeah, but you said you said that if the, he was available, on the I Jets won't want him. That's won. not hating him. It's, it's not, not, saying, it's I not hate. necessarily hating him because you also have to judge the Jets. Just because I don't want him for my team doesn't mean that right. I hate him. Okay, I never said, "Hey, by the way, Josh, I hate him." That's why I don't want him on my team. I'm saying that if you were to ask me right now, Mike Tomlin's available. Would I want him on my team? And the answer is no. I don't want him on my team. I don't want another team sloppy seconds. I don't. Not only that, again, you have to judge the circumstances that they were in. If the Jets are a rebuilding team, and we've seen Mike Tomlin have trouble with young players like he has with the Steelers, drafting and making these other guys work in his defensive system, I don't know why you would want that. Now, an established team might might take him on. Do you think Mike Tomlin has had drafting players and making them good? No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He said, said that after, he's had problems. Yeah, he's, he's had, had problems. problems with that after the, the core from that from that 2008 Super Bowl. 
that he core. Really had no problems with that. You're not paying attention. Is TJ Watt not one of those guys? Is Chase Claypool not awesome? Was Deion what about Jackson? their entire secondary, though? There were a lot of first-round picks from that. <laughs> Carl says... They're not, they're, they're not all going to be hits, granted. Like, they're not all going to be hits. But, uh, again, we we're going to talk about hit rate again. But if you want to talk about someone's hit rate, Mike Tomlin's hit rate is pretty high. Look at all the guys he's drafted. They've all turned out to be pretty good. Uh, Carl says, but Errol said he would want one title over stability. Tomlin fills both boxes. No, I actually, but Carl, again, that was t- that title was thirteen years. Actually, ago. he won a title. Uh, what does Carl know? He's a Bears fan. What the fuck was the last thing he won? <laughs> but well, I hear again. And by the way, Kevin Jackson says bring back Rex. I, 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 I don't I want. That, I think that's <laughs> highest turned. <laughs> that ship is long sailed. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, again, I'm going to go back to, to the whole Tomlin thing. Tomlin hasn't won. A championship since he's taken over the team. It was, it was three years, two years in for the co- as, as the head coach of the the Pittsburgh Steelers when he won a title. I don't want Mike Tomlin now. Maybe three, four, maybe ten years ago, I take Mike Tomlin. Absolutely, I would take Mike Tomlin ten years ago because I don't know what Mike Tomlin is now. I see what Mike Tomlin is uh, in the last five years. I don't you're, want Mike you're, Tomlin. You're just saying you're just saying you'd rather give a fresh face the shot than than a guy that you know what you're getting. Which is the case yes. of a lot of teams if they yes. don't know where their identity is going. Yes. Now, there are teams that are good, teams that fire coaches, or the teams that maybe have a great offense and they want a defensive coach like Tomlin that might want to do that. Or there's teams that, again, might just have a lot of talent with uh, the culture change or something like that. Or veteran guys that maybe says, this is our last hurrah. We want a coach. We'll sign Tomlin to a three-year contract, even if they're not overly talented. Uh, Kevin Jackson chimes back in. I trade 20 years of playoffs and no Super Bowls versus 2-14 and 14 every other year, though. Kevin Jackson's the man, by the way. Put respect on that man. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I honestly, that that's that's his opinion. That's not my opinion. I, I, I want to see my team. If 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 I can win a Super Bowl in fifteen years, I'd rather see one Super Bowl in fifteen years than making the playoffs every single year and oh, not doing anything. Please. I'm just, I'm just telling you, the Jets no, haven't won a Super Bowl. Stay on a consistent basis. You're telling me that no. those two years they went to the AFC Championship game. No, you because they haven't won anything. Run. You didn't win a championship. Yeah, but they're not the laughing stock now. Now you're starting to see a laughing stock. The what? The Jets will always be the laughing there's stock. Gonna, there's going to be come some considerations for a laughing stock, no matter what the team Jets, you are. Like, I, like I brought Jets up with the Vikings. Not. That's not true, Errol. You're way off base. The Jets will not always be the laughing stock because the Detroit Lions exist. Well, the, the, the Jets the are Cowboys. Okay, I'm sorry. The Jets <laughs> are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jeff, the Jets they, are one of very oh, few yeah. that you will laugh at, no matter how good they are. The, the Jets can win a Super Bowl in the next five years, and then they lose for the next twenty years. Everybody will still laugh at the Jets. But as a Jet fan. I would be excited because I saw one championship and not have to wait year in, year out. Hey, by the way, we went to uh, we went to the wild card game, but we got knocked out. We we went to another wild card game, but we got knocked out. I I, I don't want to hear that. I want to see I want to see a championship. That's what I want to see. That's what you play for every year. You can't tell me that that's not what you play for every single year. Tom Brady right. knows it every single year. He goes out there and he plays to win. It's not about making the playoffs. And it's a- about winning. There's also a difference though between fanmanship too and also the analysis of the development of an organization though too hold on hold on hold on hold on on. now i have a problem go ahead now i now i have a problem you're talking about my mind is just incredible right now you're talking about don't tell me about stats i want to know about winning right that's what you just said i was show me winning i i want to know about winning that's Mm -hmm. what you just said 
And yet, when I tell you mm-hmm. Dak Prescott only puts up numbers against bad teams and he can't beat a winning team, and you go, I don't care, he puts up numbers. He puts up numbers, but that doesn't... But he doesn't that, win. Hold, on, hold win. on, hold on, Jeff. When I say... Hold, hold on, Jeff. Now, I never said that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. All I said that... Dak Prescott, when he does put up numbers, he puts numbers on the board. Everybody says that he doesn't. Yes, he doesn't win. There's no question that he does. He is not a winning quarterback. Nobody said that he was. I never. Now, you're, you're going to go back and you want to flip whatever I say? That's fine. That's good. I, I don't care. I'm just telling you that when I look at the big picture as a Jet fan, and I'll say it again. I would rather see the Jets win in the next five years of Super Bowl and then lose for 20 years and rather see them make the playoffs every single year for the next 20 years and win nothing. Win nothing. Okay? I don't care if they're the laughing stock of the NFL. They still won one Super Bowl. That's saying a lot for, like, what, was eight or seven teams that haven't won a Super Bowl at all. Yeah, look at a team like the Eagles as an example of that. They won a Super Bowl three years ago. Now they're thought of as a laughing stock right now, all of a sudden with everything that went on with They'll Wentz. They won a Super Peterson. Bowl. Right. So the fans are going to think that way. There's a difference between an analyzing that and analyzing how a team actually operates. One of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen. Right. Like I said, a team like the Vikings, a team like the Falcons, a team like the Panthers, they've been pretty steady organizations uh, that they haven't won a Super Bowl. The Bengals. Look at the Bengals. They're very good as a player development team. They can't win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I just want to go on the record and let you guys know mm-hmm. that the Philly-Philly play in the <laughs> Super Bowl was an illegal formation that the referees never called. That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Love you it. know it was, though, right? It was. Uh, it was. No, it definitely yes. was. And uh, you just wonder how that would have affected two-point conversions and the field goal. Like, they would have kicked a field goal. It would have affected everything. No one, it would have affected everything because you're not scoring seven points. You're only getting three. And that was the difference in the game, right? The Patriots only then only need a field goal to win, you know, in the Super Bowl, and they probably don't hurry as much. That was some bullshit that the league let go because they are biased against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. <laughs> that's what I love about Jeff. He doesn't he doesn't really care about what he says. He just says it, and, and that's fine. I, I'm, again, what are, you, what are you talking about? I, I, I stated facts. Not, it was a stone cold uh, hold, facts. Hold, hold was it in a legal formation? Yes, it was. It was. I'm not saying that it wasn't. I'm not saying that it wasn't. I just, I like that you just, you don't care. You're just going to speak what you feel. That's fine. So the referees just like all of a sudden developed amnesia and forgot what rules were? That's what you're out there for. Stop watching the game and call the penalty. Mm -hmm. Saints fans are wondering the same thing. (laughs) Uh, You want to read these things or what? I will. Uh, Snug says, LOL, yeah, he's a consistent winner. Who wants that? I guess questioning you. The butt fumble jinx the Jets for the next 50 years. Carl back with his Paul Goldschmidt, Anthony Rizzo thing. Says, tell that to Goldschmidt. And then uh, replay of Trask and Pitts Pro Dan NFL Network. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an important point, right? Like, Think about maybe that's why the Jets are cursed because Mark Sanchez ran up a man's anus. I don't think it has. I don't think it has anything to do with anything. All all I'm saying, all no, I'm, I'm saying, torturing you. With this I, I'm not. I'm dude. I'm I'm not tortured at all. I, I to me, can we talk about how bad the Cowboys are? Because that's really my favorite. Thing. I know that's your favorite thing. I know that's your favorite thing. I just to me when when you look at. The the opinions towards what these teams should do, and, and if if a, if a big time coach becomes available, hey, do you want him on your team? That's fine. A lot of people would say yes. And by the way, Kevin Jackson says no Super Bowls um, until Joe Willie is gone. I, I don't believe that either. 
Okay, K-Jack I don't believe in it. K-Jack is an OG. Take what that means. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's old right there. That's the jinx, he OG, says. Bro. And then Carl says Mark Sanchez is a distant cousin of Speedy. It could be. It could be. Very much so. But Carl, if you want to do my uh, ancestry, you can go for it. I, I, I don't believe in a jinx. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I just believe that where I see the Jets are and I, I see where they are. I think Robert Sala, I don't know if Robert Sala is a guy. But honestly, I, I, I'd rather take a chance with Robert Soller than take a chance with Mike Tomlin. I, I give Jets fans a lot of credit. Lesser people would have killed themselves. Mm, well, there you go. Oh. Stug yeah. says the next best thing to a Patriots win is an epic Cowboys collapse. Well, in Jeff's mind, in Jeff's mind the win oh, of the year dude. or the win of the year was the Jets against the Cowboys. So you, I think that's you, a, you, the other way around for him. <laughs> dude, you go ahead and try to convince anyone on this planet that the, the Owen, Owen forever – Oh, in eternity, Jets or whatever they were, with that ginger, that beautiful ginger Hercules playing quarterback that they couldn't do shit for an entire season, all of a sudden rose from the ashes and turned into Joe Namath against the Dallas Cowboys. Are you kidding me? How beautiful was that? Oh, <laughs> Robbie Anderson is still running to the end zone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I will say that after after the Jets beat the Cowboys, Jeff actually texted me and says, ah, ha, ha, not even the not even the Cowboys could beat the Jets. And it says, what a loser. What a, what a losing organization. Oh, dude. Dude, you know there's a listener out there. I love to rub his nose in it like a puppy that peed on the carpet. <laughs> now, the real, now the real question is oh. that same logic this year apply to the Rams and the Browns. Are they going to oh, be forever man. cursed again? <laughs> I will, I, I, I will oh, say this. The Cowboys this. are the most pissed. Cowboys fans are the most pathetic people on the planet. They are just disgusting, mouth-breathing human beings. Uh, Snug says, I, hmm, do I wonder what kind of underpants Robert Sala wears? Mm. No, I don't. Nor do I want to. Carl says, Sala has to be a boxer about? briefs guy. <laughs> Robert Sala wears Rex Ryan CD pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> With or without the uh, Mark Sanchez imagery. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, dude. I'm, that was the... That's the greatest – I don't care about Joe Namath. That's the, the Sam Darnold Cowboys game. It was the greatest Jets game in the history of the franchise. <laughs> that bomb he threw to Robbie Anderson right on time. Come on, Kevin Jackson knows what I'm talking about. Tell him, Kevin Jackson. <laughs> Jeff, before we let you go, because I know you'll be haunting us for the rest of the show, um, tell us what you think the, the Patriots are going to do in the first round. Do you see them moving up for Trey Lance? The, uh, the board's wide open for them. The board is literally wide open. They uh, they, they have a, uh, a, an interesting situation on their offensive line that's kind of a sticking point. They they do have a, a need for a signal caller at linebacker because Dante Hightower is probably playing in his last year for the Patriots if they even keep him. He's probably a prime candidate to either get cut or traded uh, before the season starts. Um, so, you know, offensive line, linebacker, obviously uh quarterback but you know the, the thing the patriots do most is they look for value and they're not going to trade up and just give things away just because oh it's quarterback and we know that that's a position we need if it's not their guy or someone that they believe they can win with they're not giving away things just to make that move mm-hmm. and they, and they uh, personally and i know this is the like the worst thing anyone wants to hear they're probably like taking offensive line. 
Really? That's probably what they, yeah, it's probably what they'll do. Their patterns are very much like that. They take a lot of linebackers, a lot of interior defensive line, a lot of the times, and oh, definitely offensive line. Right, well, they added a lot of offensive line. They added Brown this offseason. They solidified right, but, the left tackle but, position. But that's part of the problem, right? They, so they, they added Brown, and that's great. He came back. But this is the last year of his contract. So right. after be, So beyond this year, Brown is not there because he's not under contract. Isaiah Wynn, they have to decide before the season mm-hmm. whether they're picking up his fifth-year option. And he's who's replacing Joe Tooney. So, and it, like, they have no one to play offensive line uh, on the left side mm-hmm. past this year. Right. So they'll probably re-sign one, and they'll probably end up taking, you know, whoever's there. A Rashawn Slater, a Christian Darasaw, a, you know, a guy like that probably – to, to plug that hole. And it's not what Patriots fans want because we all want uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance or, you know, we want the next Tom Brady. That's what Patriots fans are dying for. Mm-hmm. They're probably not getting it. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, hold on. If, say, like, because I, I know they're picking 15th. If Mac Jones fell to them at 15th, you, you don't think if he's on the board that the Patriots would even go for that? I, I, I don't think that, first of all, Mac Jones isn't very good. Let's just start there. Okay. <laughs> if, if, if he was any good, he would have played more than one year. It's Alabama after all. Right? <laughs> right. So let's just start with that. And, and another interesting point, and this will kind of circle back to what you were talking about on your show yesterday. Oh, Justin Fields, epilepsy, whatever. Yeah. This is how the rumors go, right? Because people are starting a rumor about Justin Fields, but they're also not telling the truth about Mac Jones. And the truth is, Matt Jones has a DUI. Really? I didn't, I didn't even know why that. Aren't, why aren't people bringing up, oh, Matt Jones has a DUI? Because, we're, oh, he, they'd be saying, oh, he's got a drinking problem. Oh, he's, oh, he's really off the rails, this Matt Jones, right? He's had a DUI in college. And it was years ago, and it is what it is. But people could take that and paint that in a light where, oh, he's a bad person. Didn't even know that. To get him to fall, mm-hmm. right? So why aren't people doing that? I, I, because maybe some people don't know. Be, uh, yeah. No, every, the NFL, every team, the NFL oh, yeah. private, private investigators, they all know about it. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. You can Google it. Go ahead and Google it. Mac Jones, DUI, it'll come up. I'm sure. Right? I'm sure. I'm, right. I'm going to take, so, take you on it. Right, right. So this is the thing. Why aren't they trying to create rumors so Mac Jones will drop? It's because he's dog shit and Justin Fields is good. And so they're trying to create, oh, hey, Justin Fields might have a seizure mid-game. Mid Don't go near him. Yeah, here it is right here. Alabama Reserve quarterback Matt Jones arrested, charged with DUI. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Carl asks, what is it longer, Jets ineptitude or Josh's cat's whiskers? <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? You guys were complete, completely unaware of – by the way, uh, uh, I think it's safe to say that character matters when you're drafting a guy. No right? question. No question. Yeah. Would a DUI be a character issue? Absolutely. Yeah. So why is no one talking about it? Because he's dog shit and no one cares. You want to take <laughs> Mac Jones? Best of luck to you. <laughs> right? So, so the, 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 the whole idea of like, oh, but what if Mac Jones? Yeah, Mac Jones is going to fall to the Patriots. In fact, he's going to fall all the way to twenty. Jeff, your you know, man, like, your man Kevin Jackson says Mac Jones played one season, Trey Lance played one season, and he would take Lance twenty out of twenty times. Well, because because it's a no brainer. Uh, and, and this is what I'm saying, K-Jack, take his word as gospel, my man. Right? Like because this is the thing. <laughs> what, Trey Lance has intangibles. He 
has size. He has speed. Like, he has a huge arm. Okay, Matt Jones is smart. But, like, did you see – like, Matt Jones literally could have been the reason that Alabama lost the championship game. Now, they didn't. But did you see how awkward he was trying to get away from the blitz uh-huh. that Ohio State threw him? Yeah, and he fumbled the ball yeah. at Ohio State. Like, Trey Lance – would have pirouetted and dunked on the dude and ran around him. And how much of that was Devontae Smith after the catch, too, of, of his passing yards? Right, like, Trey Lance, has, Trey Lance has intangibles. Like, you're never going to – like, you're not drafting Matt Jones and go, hey, we're going to teach this dude speed. You right. can't teach speed. You either are fast or you're not. And, and, and Trey Lance is, is – who knows if he's a good football player. But he certainly has gifts that he has the intangibles. most normal football players don't have. Yes. And I, I okay, so if if Trey Lance falls to the Patriots, do they draft him? Oh, it's no brainer. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's a no brainer. No brainer. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking. No- I'm just asking. Right. I mean, but but even Fields might drop there. Yep. You know, I, you know I'm I think Justin know, but- Fields is going three. I mean, it's pretty after after seeing Kyle Shanahan and what we've been reading and what I've been if he goes three fields. I think then I don't think anybody's dropping past nine with Denver. You can, you I don't think Lance will get can, past nine. Sorry, Josh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I, I apologize. No, 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 it's fine. Just, I was going to say it's if Fields goes three. Well, he interrupted me, so I I shut up. I'm taking Jeff's apology. I'm, I'm taking it in for a second. Hold on, I'm going to write this in my journal. Thing thing about but, uh, <laughs> What's but, the um, thing? I, I hold on, hold on, Jeff. Uh, well, hold on, uh, um, Josh. What, what, what did you say, Jeff? Here's the interesting thing about that third pick. Fields would be a great choice there, for sure. I love Justin Fields. I think he's great. However, for the last three years, there was a guy that, that Kyle Shanahan was trying to trade for. Who did, who did Kyle Shanahan try to trade for? Kirk Cousins. Who does Mac Jones look and play like? Kirk Cousins? Mm. Interesting. I, I, I still you, think it's Justin see, Fields. If you, if you can't see the style of football and how they play, and then and then Kyle Shanahan trying to trade for him, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't wouldn't Kirk Cousins be the Mac Jones comparison in the NFL? <laughs> Possible. Yeah, I could see that. Oh. I never thought of it so that way. I I think it's going to be Mac Jones at three. Now I You're think that's a huh? mistake. By the way, just Carl- just just so everybody knows, breaking news: Floyd Mayweather to fight Logan Paul boxing match moves oh, to God. June fifth. <laughs> awesome. Oh, great! <laughs> let, me, let me know about something else. I won't be spending fifty dollars on. <laughs> Logan Paul's going to get his butt whipped. That's what's going to happen. I was saying before, um, if Fields does go three, I don't see Lance getting past nine with Denver. There's just, I, I, I mean, don't. I mean, I'm with Errol. I think Fields should go three. He will, but I don't. But I don't. I, I listen. Don't be surprised if you see Mac Jones go three. Don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a disaster. It would be a huge disaster. They'll be. I, not only will uh, the 49er fans want to attack and kill Kyle Shanahan, that if Mac Jones doesn't produce a championship in two years, Shanahan will be looking for a new job. You didn't I mean, have to trade all the picks. Maybe, maybe John Lynch I'm, is on an inside job with the Broncos, <laughs> helping out his whole team. You didn't Listen, have to trade the draft pick then to get Mac Jones. Yeah. Errol, when you're out at the club, man, and you're looking at chicks. You got a type, right? Like whether it be blonde, <laughs> or brunettes, blue eyes. Of course, you got a type. Yes, of course. Kirk Cousins was clearly Kyle Shanahan's type, mm-hmm. and he came up short, and he got Kirk Cousins light in Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Who's the next Kirk Cousins? Mac Jones. Some people just have a type. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just I, I, I can't see him pa- passing up when you're moving from 12 to 3 and giving up all that draft stock, and you're not going to draft a guy that could be a generational type of quarterback in Justin Fields. I'm just uh... – but a lot of people believe that Mac Jones is a generational talent. Yeah, I don't know. Whoever well, does that, whoever Mark it is. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark, what a dope he is. Use it. Listen, I listen, I completely understand where Mark was coming from. Ohio State quarterbacks stink. But trying to say that that's why you wouldn't take Justin Fields and ignoring the history of Alabama quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. And you going, oh, Mac Jones yourself. is so good. Like, like, get out of here, dude. Who have you ever produced? Brody Coyle? But, is speak, that what you're hanging your head on? Speaking of things that uh, nobody cares about, Carl says, I threw on the Lakers game and an ad popped up about Kyle Kuzma's shoes. The world has to be ending. Yes, I was about right. Kevin Jackson's back. Shanahan may be a great coach, but a shitty a talent evaluator. And then Kevin also says, I agree with Errol on this. Mac Jones will be the same quarterback All in right. two, three years as he will be in his rookie season. I agree. All right, man. Man, I love Kevin Jackson. But that dude is that. I mean, that's just flat out wrong. How can you say he's a terrible talent evaluator? Who, who's yeah, it receiver? Really. I, I'm with who's you it, on that. Who's it, who's it receiver? Did he draft Debo Samuel? Sure did. Did he draft Brandon Ayuk? Sure did. What are you saying? They're terrible? He rose Raheem Mostert back I'm, in the day. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Kyle Shanahan fan. I never was. I think he's an overrated head coach. And, no, and he can't win I the big said, game. All I said was, yeah. all I said was you can't knock yeah. his. No, you can't. Evaluating because he's hit at two wide receivers, which is historically one of the hardest positions to hit at. Those guys, would would anybody take Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel on their team right now? Yes, a lot of teams. Uh, then you can't say he's terrible at drafting. Those are two fantastic picks. Mm-hmm. No, again, again, maybe you're right. I, I'm just not a big fan of Kyle Shanahan. I, I just I, I can't see him, especially when you talk about the big game. The guy just can't win the big Kyle game. Shan- I'm a huge Kyle Shanahan fan. I know you 28 are. To three, 28 to 3. I know you jam, are. Bro. I know. I know you're happy about that. I'm sure you're very excited when you hear Kyle Shanahan's name. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, it just chubbed a little. I know, I know it did. <laughs> I love you, Jeff. Thank you for calling, man. <laughs> I love you guys. I, I love, I love the two of you. And uh, I can't decide if Josh is like better or worse than the bees. Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you, 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 sir. I will. I will tell you this. You certainly did not hold the bees' feet to the fire. He named seven dudes that he wanted to draft at ten. Pick, pick a name. Pick a name. And, and if I could way, get your, if I could get your respect over the beeves, I'll take it then. Uh, Kevin chimes in again. Shanahan as a coach, he isn't a GM. Yes, we know John Lynch is the GM, but Shanahan's also rose players back that weren't expected if to be you, good and has uh, drafted, made the players work in his system too. Where whether they were reaches in the actual draft or not by Lynch. Ke- Kevin Jackson's right. He is a he is a coach and not the GM. But you name one pro day that John Lynch showed up to where Kyle Shanahan wasn't standing right next to him. Kyle Shanahan has say who's he he's taking. Huge. Well, right. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I name a pro day where John Lynch showed up that Kyle Shanahan wasn't standing right next to him. No, I agree with you. I I, I just again, uh, Kyle Shanahan, the the guy John Lynch is going to ask Kyle Shanahan who he wants, especially at the quarterback position. John Lynch isn't going to decide. Hey, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to pick this guy. He's going to ask Kyle Shanahan who would fit your offense. Who do you want exactly. that's going to fit your offense? So you're right, Jeff. That you're right about. So I right. I wouldn't so, say you're so wrong. I on mean, that. right. So saying that you know, oh well, he's not the GM, so he's not making the picks. He kind of is. He you know he they brought him there for offense. He's the offensive guy. He's having the say on who he's getting. That's 
I mean, that's well, obvious. It's funny because Kyle Shanahan's the one who brought John Lynch in. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan was hired before John Lynch, and then they right. asked Kyle Shanahan, who do you want your GM to be? And he said he wants John Lynch. Pried him right out of the booth. He was a color commentator <laughs> and a very good one, too. That's the truth. Well, yeah. by, by the way, I also think that you should make a list of every player that we've named because <laughs> – just because he even spoke their names, they're all draft busts now. <laughs> Carl, Carl draft says, bust. better draft house, Kyle Shanahan or Mike Vrabel? <laughs> I think Kyle Shanahan inevitably wins that one based on uh, not exposing on, his what? toilet. <laughs> who's, yeah, been a better, who, who's been a better coach? I think Mike Vrabel's been a better coach than Kyle Shanahan. That's just my opinion. Uh, Ty. So, I, I like I mean, Shanahan at least got to a Super Bowl. No, he did. Yeah, no question that he did, but... I think Mike Vrabel, especially what he's did with that Tennessee Titan team, he's really like redefined he who they are. Shit with them, he has, dude. He's got a human mule running the football, bro. Like, like name, dude. He's got the most unstoppable talent in football. Name, name someone more dominant in football than than the. Derrick Henry. Henry, the kid that's playing Derrick Henry, the kid playing running back. Dude, and, and anybody who knows me has told I've told everybody I've drafted Derrick Henry every single year on my fantasy teams. Every year. That's terrific. You're a great GM. I am. I am. Someone, and I, I like Derrick And I picked Derrick Henry before. It took him like two years to really get his feet wet as a running back in the league. And he always was good in the second half of the season. Right. He was terrible in the first half. The last two years, he's been dominated from the first to the ending. So Remember, he had to reprise that starting all away from DeMarco Murray, that too, because DeMarco, DeMarco Murray DeMarco Murray, and what's his name again? And, um, uh, the other kid from, from the Patriots. DeMarco, DeMarco Murray stinks. And also I'm the Deion... Um, uh, oh, Deion Lewis. Yeah. Deion Lewis. Oh, dude, Deion well, Lewis Deion Lewis never succeeded in Tennessee at all. Yeah, but Deion oh Lewis God. had the starting job for like a year. They, they Vrabel was playing him more than he was playing Derrick Henry. He had the starting Henry. job for three weeks. Big uh, deal. Nah, a lot longer than that. He's a, he's a midget. He's an absolute... <laughs> dude, Derrick Henry probably shot put him... <laughs> probably. Yeah, he shot put a lot of people. <laughs> Derrick Henry is more unstoppable than Bill Cosby at a cocktail party. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for calling the show. <laughs> Cowboys suck. Can I say that? Can I get that one? Cowboys suck, and uh, the beef sucks. Did he? Did he even put together one intelligent thought? I don't think so. Oh, you th- guys enjoy your night. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> what a take from Jeff. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to end it on that with a mic drop, that's the way to go. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. I love it. That's what makes this show so great is, is in fact, that when you get calls like Jeff, and he's very passionate about what he says, and he really, you know, when when he structures the way he talks and really gets into his uh, his conversation and his arguments, his arguments are very valid. I, I mean, you can't you can't argue. And Kevin Jackson's right in a lot of ways, and you can argue the the facts with uh, Kyle Shanahan, and, and he's not the GM, and and this and that. But the the facts are when you're when you're trying to pick somebody for your offense, you're going to the head coach. You're going to the offensive guy, the mind, and that's Kyle Shanahan. I don't think so. there's any. There would have been any way Debo Samuel would have been drafted in the second round otherwise, because he was thought of as a third, fourth round guy. No question, right? No question. And and, and Kevin Jackson makes his valid points too. So I, I think uh, when you look at the game, the transition of the game, and really 
uh, the arguments towards the game. I, I think that you, you're looking at this draft, and there's so many vary, so many positions that vary for certain teams. And I think with the Patriots, like Jeff said, uh, the court, if Trey Lance falls to them, that's that's an that's, that's an unbelievable, yeah. uh, unbelievable thing that happens for the Patriots. I still think the Patriots are going to try to one way or another try to move up and get Trey Lance. They're going to have to because he's not going to get past Denver at nine. You don't think so? Because they they no. said that they're going to stick with Locke. They've come out and said That's this. They may say that now, but at the same time, if you have Lance in there and Locke falters at the same time, then you would now have a guy that's already put in place and could sit out a few games anyway. You could prep him and prepare him to start going forward in the future. Well, what what is the weaknesses right now for the Broncos? What are they looking for? Uh, they don't need a tight end. Front because... seven and offensive line, really. Because they bolster their secondary. They bolster their secondary a little bit. They signed Fuller. They signed re-signed Justin Simmons. I'm not a Drew Locke fan, so. I'm not either, but it might not be the obvious pick for them in this draft either, though. Because remember, they're not getting one of the top three guys. They're either going to get Lance or they're going to get uh, they're going to get Mac Jones. I really think that and if how Mac... much of a difference is that? I really think that if Mac Jones falls out of nine. He will fall to the Patriots. He will. Jeff, I mean, who's going to draft him? Jeff says Micah Parsons will be the Denver pick. It's possible, but I, don't, I think they have bigger needs with more pass rusher corner types. It, it's so – and I don't know. It, it, Micah Parsons, all the stories that we're hearing about Micah, that's scary to take on a guy that's uh, dealing and, and, and hanging out with gang-related members and, and stuff like that. Those stories are true. And I – and maybe it's it's blown out of proportion, like we were just talking about with Jeff. A lot of people like to blow things out of proportion, right. but there's some truth to Micah Parsons and what they've said about him. So a lot of people are afraid that if he, if Micah Parsons falls to the Giants, the Giants have to draft him because he's too talented not to. So uh, it's interesting that if Trey Lance falls out of nine, uh, does he fall to the Patriots? Because mm-hmm. let's go down to the 15 from. So go, go to the it draft. Go to Dallas. It's Dallas, the Giants, then Philly. Uh, I guess Philly could always be a wild card in that. It's the Chargers. No, and they're Vi- not drafting. Chargers and Vikings. Those are the- Chargers, no, and Vikings, Vikings no. I guess if they trade no. Cousins, but otherwise, no. No. So he will fall to the if, – if he falls out of the top, top nine, Trey Lance falls to the Patriots. And they get their quarterback. I still wouldn't rule out the Eagles because they do a lot of weird things. Ah, the Eagles aren't drafting a quarterback. There, there's no way the Eagles are drafting a quarterback, Speedy. There's no way. It's a small chance, I, but I would rule it out. Of, look, did anybody really think they were going to take Jalen Hurts in the second round? Right. They, <laughs> took, I mean, like, they, they took Jalen Hurts because Peterson never liked Carlson Wentz. That's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, all the all the stories that, that we were hearing. This coach won't like Jalen Hurts. <laughs> um, well, again, Jalen Hurts is the guy. That's the guy that they wanted to. They they traded Carlson Wentz for a reason because they believe in Jalen Hurts that he's the future. By the what? way, Jeff says always a chance Bears trade up ahead of the Patriots. That's yes. true. Yep, that's definitely that's possible. true. That's true. Uh, but again, I I still think that where the Patriots are sitting, they're pretty, they're sitting in a pretty good positions for Trey Lance if you really look at it. Because at number nine, I can't see the Broncos drafting a quarterback because it, it came out from Denver that they're going to stick with Locke. So if they're going to stick with Locke, that means they're going to probably go with a Michael Parsons or somebody else, another defensive player. Um, you're talking about Trey Lance falling. Yeah, I'm thinking a corner for them probably because there's no pass rusher worth taking at that point. Could they, you imagine the Patriots get their guy and he falls to them 15? Yeah, which is also possible too because if Atlanta if Atlanta doesn't draft a quarterback and they don't trade back because I think whoever they would trade up with them would probably tr- draft one of those quarterbacks. But say Atlanta drafts a receiver, they draft Pitts or something like that. They just stick to the plan. Bengals, Dolphins, they all stick to their plans too. 
Trey Lance or Mac Jones, one of them would follow the Patriots, even if Chicago jumps up in front, too. It's so fascinating how this draft could really fall. And I know everybody keeps saying, could we just see the damn draft already? It's a week away from today. Just let it happen. But after the draft, what are you going to be talking about? You're going to be talking about OTAs. You're going to be talking about the season right around the corner. Josh, you're never going to get away from certain conversations. It's just not going to happen. Oh, no, I I know. Scenarios that should have happened. Football is your route. Listen, that's always been go. Go turn on ESPN. Go turn on FS1. That's always it's it's football or basketball. It's year round. You can't avoid it. You can't. You know. It's. I think you know what it is. I think we're all just you're getting to that point where you're so eager to just have it done already because you're reading all these different stories and these mock drafts and these different you know stats and you're checking them out that you just want to see it come to fruition already and just see it get done and see where it goes because the draft is like we talked about before. I think you know. Before the show started, me and I, we were discussing that there were no trades last year and, and believe in the Not draft. Not the top 10. But, I think the first one was in the middle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's – you want to see the craziness happen and you want to see it unfold. You, you want to see how everybody – you want to see how the fans react. Obviously, I mean, are they doing live fans here this year yes. in Cleveland? Yes. Or yes, still, they are. Yes, they are. They are. So that's what I'm saying. So you kind of get that feel of kind of – uh Sense, sense, sense of um, who cares? Who cares? I would have rather seen the virtual. It was fun oh, watching the virtual. I hate that. They're always going to show the I fans that cheer. By the way, uh, Jeff yeah, says the biggest the stock. By, uh, Jeff says the biggest stock falling is Rousseau. Yes, a lot of people thought of him as a top five pick. I didn't. Yeah, I agree with a lot, Rousseau. A lot of people thought of that. Uh, and then this is an interesting question, Carl. Very good. Teams scared away from Tyron Matthew. Dare teams make the same mistake with Micah Parsons? That is a very good question because Matthew was thought of that same way, a top 10 prospect. Hmm. And yeah. also having to listen to Josh's, <laughs> Josh's rumors. rumors. Yeah, that's true. Um, by the way, that one, Carl. Yes. There we go. By the way, former NFL linebacker Gino Hayes, thirty-three, reportedly oh, wow. in hospice care. I remember him. Yeah. Uh, liver Damn. complications. Wow. So he's on hospice, which means usually what hospice means is that you're probably going to die. It's very rare that somebody comes out of hospice. Uh, so yeah. wishing all the best to Gerald Hayes and all of his his family and everyone. It's, ter- it's a terrible that's, story. Yeah, that is a terrible. Wow. Story. That's that's not. Not good. He's so young too. He, just, I think, he only just retired like four years ago. Or something yes, like he did. That. Yeah, it is. It's a really. By the way, Jeff says Parsons ain't no Matthew. How is Penn State defense awful? Yes, probably as a prospect. I, I, the Honey Badger was a great prospect in comparison to what Parsons is for sure. Uh, yeah, will he fall all the way to the third round? It's another question. No, though. you have to see how much more of these come out. Because remember, Honey Badger's things was more of. Uh, the whole draft process rather than Parsons, like Errol was saying, just coming out just recently. So that'll mm-hmm. definitely be interesting. But yes, the talented gap is definitely there. Carl says Parsons sat out this past season. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting unknown. How will that factor in? I think if that, it's a ripple effect with a, a lot of different teams. I don't think it'll be immune for Jamar Chase, but it, def, it definitely will be for Caleb Farley now for Virginia Tech, who also had back surgery. And it definitely could be for Parsons, too. It's going to be a very interesting trend. Will it be a split even? Will more teams shy away from players? Or will that not matter to teams maybe they think of it as a good thing where they're not getting as much wear and tear on their body well the thing is they actually they came out i was reading about caleb farley because obviously listen if, if not for the back injury he's probably you can make the case he's the best corner in this draft he's a top 10 talent yeah people are people are very scared for the back but a lot of people have said that they've cleared him he's okay he's good he's it's going to be fine by him and they say that whoever gets him later in the first round are getting a complete steal Mm. Yeah, I've oh. seen I've seen Arizona with that. I've seen Minnesota. I've um, even seen the Jets in mock drafts. Have yeah, to take. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah. I, I'm not taking Caleb Farley. 
I am not taking a chance. I know you're scared player. with the back injury. Yes, I, and the Jets have always been in this situation where they put themselves in harm's way. I'm not taking a guy that has two back surgeries, and he's, what, 19, 20 years old? I'm not taking a 20-year-old with back injuries like that. Was it one or two? I thought it was just the one. Uh, no, it's two. It two was, black surgeries. Two. Back I, didn't surgeries. Realize, I didn't realize that either. It's I read two. It just recently. Yes. Uh, Jeff yeah. says he's officially a Zayvon Collins stan account now. Not enough love for him. And Carl says, see, a lot of people have said, in quotes, with Josh. <laughs> And who is saying all of this? <laughs> many, many, many rumors, just like with Josh. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I'm not taking a guy that's had two back surgeries. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. I don't care if he's a steal or nothing. If he falls into the second round, if the Jets have him, oh, then it's a no-brainer, then it's a no no-brainer for, it, yeah. for the Jets. It's a no-brainer for the Jets. But if you're going to take him in the first round at 23, you're making a huge, huge mistake. And I'm not taking a chance with him. I, I you can't. You in the first round, it's a sure thing. You have to make sure it's a sure thing, especially when, especially somebody like Joe Douglas who traded traded uh, a guy like uh, Adams, uh, where yeah. you got to solid. And, and now you're hearing stories that they might trade up, which they might have to give up one of the first round draft picks next year to move up to get the player of their 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 thoughts. So Josh says Josh or Jeff says Josh is a middle school female with these rumors. Grow up Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And then Carl asks about uh, your next surgery. Uh, how how is my- which Peter Pan is Jeff talking about? There's different ones. Uh, we'll have to find out from him. Get it. Um, uh, speaking about my next surgery, uh, my next surgery is doing well. Um, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I'm taking it t- day 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 by day, and and hopefully everything I get back to 100. percent It's. I'll tell you guys this, and I, I listen to this about football players when they get these neck surgeries, uh, the fusions, these disc replacements. T- being that you know Peyton Manning was never the same person. Yeah. I got a he had a fusion. I had a disc replacement, so I get. I have more movement on on you know when it comes to moving and stuff like that. Hey man, hey, multiple though. So, multiple yeah. fusions. I, I, had, I had a I had a with a bulgy disc in my spinal cord. Yeah. I, yeah, I had a fusion. I was almost paralyzed. Yeah, so I, I didn't have a fusion, I had a disc replacement, but uh I was very very lucky that there was nothing else wrong with my neck. So when I saw when I actually saw the disc replacement the other day and he showed me how perfect it was, he says that all the rest of your discs are good. So uh, that's a good sign. That, that I, I'm, I'm in a very good place right now as far as the surgery is concerned. What is he saying? Can you lift with the surgery? Yes. Um, I'm lifting slowly now. I'm not working out. I don't start working out until next week. I'm not going to lift heavy. It's going to be a while for that. But uh, I'm feeling more confident that I can do some calisthenics and, and, and get a little bit stronger in that uh, area. So uh, time in, you know, as the time prog- progresses, I believe by August – or September of this year, I will be at 100%. So, uh, Jeff, I do not carry the show as much as I like to think I do. What do you say? <laughs> no one cares about your health. I carry the show. No, I do not. <laughs> I care about your health. I do not carry the show. Uh, you, you want to know something? It, it is what it is. I, I, I really appreciate the fans. I, I've had three emails from people um, not you know that are fans from the network. Uh, that has written to me and t- asked me how I was doing. I, I want to. I, I never really thanked everybody for doing that. Thank you for all the people that wished me uh, good luck and uh, asked me how I was feeling. So I like to thank everybody for that because um, it, it's you know for 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 really for the first three weeks it was painful. It really was. I was dealing with a lot of pain. Um, it's not something that I wish for anybody, but uh, 
I'm feeling better. Uh, I definitely am, and I'm hope- hoping for a speedy recovery and get back to 100%. So that's something that I, I've been definitely um, pushing for, and I'm very excited for the future. So uh, what is Jeff saying? Uh, Jeff says, Errol's Nick is in the same shape as the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And then Carl says, we always have love. Thank you, Carl. I really appreciate it. And Jeff, thank you for uh, all the love about the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a logo. It's a rating. Uh, that's right. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, guys, uh, we're going to get into some basketball conversation. Very interesting things coming out uh, from Lakerville. Anthony Davis coming back. Uh, LeBron James is right around the corner. Is the Lakers the team to beat in the Western Conference? There's a lot of people that think that they're not. When we come back, we will argue that here on the Sports Loudmouths. I really don't like when you do that. Well, Uh, then do it. The Sports Loudmouths. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. I love this jam. A little common. Give me a little speed on this one. As you guys know, this is the Sports Lab Mounts. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-hosts, Speedy Petey and Joshua Little J. Silverberg. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday from 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-965-4990. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app. On iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And I, by the way, if you guys go to NBA.com, you can see the playoff picture right now. And it's so interesting right now because of the way the seating is. And I, I really don't like how they painted the picture on 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 the NBA and the NBA playoff scheme and everything like that. If the playoffs were to start right now, Golden State would play in that one-game playoff against San Antonio. Dallas would play Memphis in the West. In the East, it would be Indiana versus Washington, Miami versus Charlotte. Could you believe how talented Miami is right now that they'd be playing they would be playing in the play, the one-win playoff game. Could you imagine Charlotte winning that game? I could. The way Charlotte played against the Knicks the other day, I could see Charlotte knocking off Miami. Yeah, it'll be a tough test without their, without their I'm sorry. rookie. I'm sorry. What did you say, Josh? I said I'd be a little surprised. Why is that? I just think I, – I, to me, I still think Miami has just so much talent, though. When you look at it, they just haven't put it together this year, whether that's fatigue from last year or that's the overhype and the, the, the basically now the pressure of getting to the finals last year. It's – I look at also Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, and to me, Jimmy Butler is still a productive player in the playoffs and can turn things around. I got to see when Victor Oladipo comes back. I mean, you're hearing all these names, right? I know you don't like Bam Adebayo. I know you think he's overrated. I am but very overrated. You, you're going to pay him 195 million. He's very overrated, but he's still a, a good enough player that he could get you by. And then you, you know, the concern for them, you know, obviously is do we think Tyler Hero's stature of after what happened last year, slowly becoming that superstar player everybody thinks he's becoming, is it getting too big for his head? You know, that's so is his focus all there? Well, he's still he, been scoring. He just is a little more inefficient this year. Oh, he's dating seen. like the Instagram models now, and he's doing all that. He's becoming Mr. Popular on South Beach. It's is it getting too much to him? And, oh, we thought that way with Jimmy Butler for a while, and Jimmy Butler turned out to be a phenomenal t- talent in Miami. Well, so. Jimmy Butler, I think, is a different breed when you look at you know sure, when you look at players. But you know, really, the really. 
really when you look at the big picture is Anthony Davis coming back from the Lakers and and with Andre Drummond at 100% and, and, and LeBron James right around the corner, they're saying he might be a week, week and a half away. Uh, you're talking about the last four to three games that LeBron James will be back. That's all LeBron James really needs. LeBron mm-hmm. James is taking a rest. This is what LeBron James does best. And if the season were to end right now, they match up very, very well against the Denver Nuggets, who just lost Murray. So uh, to me, even though Joker is and Jokic is the MVP, and a lot of people would say you don't want to play the Nuggets in the in the in the first round or wherever the the next round of the playoffs. Uh, to me. I still think the Lakers match up very, very well against Denver. They really do. Now, there are a lot of analysts and a lot of you know, speculations right now where with, with LeBron James coming back and Anthony Davis coming back and being that they're at full strength and with the, the amount of depth that they have off the bench, that the Lakers are the favorites of coming out of the Western Conference. Now, I do believe that the Lakers are the favorites. I think the Lakers are the most talented team going into the playoffs. What hurts the thought to this is really certain teams in in this. Now, you, Utah, they're an interesting team because of their rebounding skills. They're the best offensive rebounding team in the league. Now, I'm not talking about they have the best offensive rebounders in the league. Team offensive rebounding, they lead the league, okay? And they're a very good all-around defensive team, very well coached, and they're very good offensively sound, too. With Donovan Mitchell leading away, and obviously um, a guy like, uh, what's his name again? Um, um, Mike Conley. Jaber, Jaber, who's one of the best rebounders in the league. You have two superstars you can build your team around. Now, I think going into the playoffs, a lot of people believe this is the Clippers' year. And I'm going to tell you why this quite possibly could be the Clippers' year. Now, I love the fact that they brought what's his name again to a ten game, um, a ten game sign. Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins. They add the big man that they need, uh, a guy that's prolific. He could score on all different ways. He can go inside the paint, dominate the paint. He can shoot threes. What makes them so unique is now they have a big man that could defend the perimeter, and that has been the problem of really have problems with Doc Rivers last year in the playoffs. Doc Rivers. Didn't have a big man. And all these big men now, they can shoot the three. But now they're coached by the great Tyron. No, <laughs> that's, that, that is the problem with the Lit Clippers this year. Is that I don't, trust, I don't trust Tyrone Lue in a big game because he doesn't have LeBron James. Now, right. everybody says the reason why he won a championship, that championship with the, uh, the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers was because he had LeBron James on the team and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. But I think that you look at this team, you look at Kawhi Leonard, you look at Paul George, and you, now you look at some of the pieces that they have, and then you add DeMarcus Cousin, Boogie Down Cousins. I think they're just as dangerous as any team. They're very good defensively. They have a tremendous amount of defensive talent on this team. And I think that they can really contain a team like the Lakers. Now, if you look at right now the playoff picture, and by the way, the Knicks would be matched up against the Atlanta, the Atlanta uh, Hawks. Atlanta Hawks, which is a good matchup for yeah, them. Yeah, would be a great series. Uh, it would be a great series. A great uh, two teams that shouldn't even be where they are. Uh, it's fantastic to see both teams being uh, two teams that have been really, really bad for the last I don't know twenty years uh, since uh, Ger- Gerald. Uh, I'm sorry, Wilkins, and then obviously with the Knicks, Patrick Ewing. I mean, the only time they were good was one year with Carmelo Anthony when they went fifty four games. And Carmelo Anthony was up for an MVP and he won the scoring title. But that, uh, to me, the Pacers just ran all over them. But I, I look at this, when I look at the West, there is some concerns with the Lakers, especially if they match up against the Clippers, Speedy. Yeah, there definitely is. It depends on how 
uh, LeBron will be fine, but it definitely will depend on how Anthony Davis comes back because as good as Andre Drummond has played for the Lakers, he's not the same well-rounded player Anthony Davis is. Anthony Davis can ball handle, he can shoot. Uh, Andre Drummond is more of your traditional big man. He's phenomenal at what he does with that, but he's still more of that traditional big man type. He's not the all-around player. So can they have somebody else lead the load after that is another question. Now, Dennis Schroeder's played well. A lot of their other young bench players have started to play well. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's as usual on and off, but uh, he's played well at times. But the question is, if Anthony Davis doesn't come back because of the injury, that injury to a big man could be brutal. If he doesn't come back 100% or even 75%, that could be a tough blow for the Lakers against a Clippers team that the Lakers might have a little more depth than them, but it's not by much. And here's another thing for the Clippers, guys. The Clippers would be playing and they would be matching up against Portland. And, and and Portland with Nurchik and, and Nurchik coming back. This is a different Portland Trail Blazers team. McCollum uh, and obviously Damian Lillard, who I believe is the best point guard in all of the yes. NBA. Uh, I think he's so underrated. Nobody realizes how talented that this guy years. is. Yeah. But he, the the last couple of weeks, Damian Lillard hasn't had hasn't played well. Now uh, they've they have a lot of good players, especially their bench. But this is a, to me the Western Conference is so interesting because you have Denver and the Lake. Uh, I'm not Denver and the Lakers. You have L.A. and the Portland Trailblazers, and then you have the Phoenix Suns, who believe it or not are 42 and 17. They have the second best record in the league. In the league, yeah. And 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 to me, Chris Paul has been Josh. He's been unbelievable for the Phoenix Suns. Oh, he's been the game changer for them, right? They're a top three seed now because of him. It's his leadership. It's his on-the-court skills that he still brings. He's – I remember we ha- – I don't want to go back, but we had the argument of who would I rather have, Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul, and you said Russell Westbrook. I said Chris Paul because Chris Paul brings the intangibles. Look, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt a couple of years ago, I think the Rockets win that series against Golden State if he doesn't get hurt. I really believe that. And, I, and I, you know, you look at what he's done, taking Devin Booker under his wing – I mean, that's a team that should be nowhere near where they are right now. It's crazy how good that team has been. I And and I agree with you. They're probably not going to get – I don't think they're even getting out of the first or even second round. I really don't. I think they're going to get beaten by somebody that – the the Western Conference is so low. They year. would it's, get out – I, I believe they would get out of the first round. Uh, if they're round, they're going to have a tough time. They would have to play the loser of the seven and eight. So they would play Dallas or Memphis. They beat Dallas or Memphis. Uh, it would be the second round. In the second right. round, they would probably match up against the Lakers, or yeah, they or or they would match up against um, Denver or the Clippers. Denver or the Clippers. Yeah. So, and the other thing too is if Dallas leapfrogs Portland, that could actually uh, that could actually put Portland as a seven seed. That could that could be an upset. I could see definitely with their experience and them getting the depth back that they got. Um, Stuck so, says uh, Chris Paul is also awesome at selling his shirts. Yeah, so is his is. brother. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I just think it's very very interesting when when you look at the NBA and how the NBA falls and. And, and, and you look at right now the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia being that they're the number one seed. And, and Joel Embiid is a special player. There, there's no question that he is. I worry about Philadelphia moving forward in, in, in the, uh, the battle rounds. So when I talk about the yeah. second and third round when you go into the Eastern Conference Championship. Now the Brooklyn Nets, they don't play defense. And they have the most talent when they're 100% healthy. James Harden is not going to probably play in the first round. There is rumors that Kevin Durant will be back before season's end. Uh, he's very close to coming back, which is good news for the Brooklyn Nets, especially Kyrie Irving. It's really putting the team on his back. Yeah. Um, 
you, you talk about the Brooklyn Nets. They would play the win. They would play the winner of the seven and eight seed, which would be Miami and Charlotte. If they play Miami, there could that would be a great series. Yeah, Miami. If Olin Depot comes back, you're talking about Miami knocking off the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. That would be fantastic. Wouldn't everybody want to see the Miami the Miami Heat knock off the Brooklyn Nets? That would be something. The great Brooklyn Nets that everybody says is no brainer going to the. The 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 championship game. Yeah, they're gonna oh, yeah. they're gonna quote unquote uh, only lose one or two games in the entire Eastern Conference. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, again, the crazy thing is we brought it up. I I brought it up to you guys on the show yesterday. I mean, it, it it's crazy the numbers that you think of. James Harden has played in eight games with the Rockets and has played in only seven games with Kyrie and KD together. It's right. insane when you think about that. Good luck getting that chemistry down before the playoffs start. Okay, that's a whole different animal when you have three guys that need the ball in their hands to, to get together in a playoff series. Okay, all right, guys, we haven't played all season. We haven't played together for three months. Let's go out there and do what we, you know, let's go out there and bludge everybody. It's not that simple. And mm-hmm. when you play a team like Miami, who has the chemistry, has the experience, has the defensive tangibles, and by the way, has definitely the much better coach. A much better coach. Bolstra, much better. Much. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, listen, am, am I gonna? Do I still think Brooklyn could win the series? Absolutely, I think Brooklyn would win the series. No, because of talent, not because of the coaching. That's for no, sure. No, of course it's not. It, it's no one. It, 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 that series will go seven games, and Jimmy Butler is going to be a pain in the ass to that Brooklyn Nets team. They're not even going to know what hit them when it comes to defense against that team. With Jimmy Butler going up against a James Harden, or a, or a, even they'll put him on Durant if they wanted to. It would be insane what Paul Spolstra would come up with, with theories on how to stop that Nets team. Snuck says, OMG, if Miami Heat beats the Nets in the first round, Miami Heat would have to call in to celebrate. Yes, <laughs> yes, we will make that happen. I don't know his number, but we'll make that happen. Uh, Carl says, again. in response to your point, Josh, he said you said the exact same point last night. Here comes the same point in five minutes. He will say they will make the finals. Hmm. Did you contradict yourself? I, I will. No, no, no. no. I, 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 no. I said last night that th- I think they will still make the finals, Brooklyn. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as everybody is saying it's going to be. Okay. Like you said, everybody's going to say we're gonna, they're only going to lose two or three games in the playoffs, and that's that. Yeah. If they play Miami, they'll beat Miami. But that series will go seven games, and every single game will be very close. Yeah, I okay? think if it goes seven games, I think Miami wins. Like I'm thinking yeah, more like a like a Brooklyn and six type thing. I don't see Brooklyn going to the finals. I, I see them losing against Philadelphia. I think and I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. I, I, I still think Philadelphia is the better all around team. I, if they got Kyle Lowry, they would be. I think they yeah. would. I think they knock off Brooklyn in 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 six games. I I think they're just that much better than Brooklyn. But I think Ben Simmons, who I think is Defensive Player of the Year, I think he's been a fantastic. I, he's really transitioned his game now. Uh, do I think Ben Zimmon is an all-world offensive player? I don't. No. I don't think he's an all-world defensive player. He's a great passer. He can defend any position, any position. He's 6'10". He's got a remarkable range, remarkable range. He can shoot the three. He's more better at the three than a 17, 16-foot jumper. Believe it or not, he has a better three-point percentage than his 17, 16-foot jumpers, okay? And <laughs> as far as his free throws, he's become a better free throw shooter. I think he's 67%. So... Uh, I think Ben Simmons. First got here. I think Ben Simmons is is he's definitely making strides as a player in this league, and he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's been fantastic, but I, I think that when you look at uh, the Eastern Conference, the Eastern Conference is so interesting, especially the Boston Celtics. What's remarkable about the Boston Celtics right now is 
I was very surprised that Danny Ainge did not bring in a big man. I was very surprised they didn't bring in a big man. It made absolutely no sense. Uh, he did add, what's his name again? Um, who did Danny Tristan Ainge? Thompson, I think. Not Tristan Thompson. Added. Not Tristan Thompson. Um, I, I forget who they, something with an F, if I'm not mistaken. But they, Oh, um, Evan Fournier. He's a wing player. Fournier. They yeah. brought in Fournier. Orlando. Yes, they brought in Fournier. Um, and, and I think I, he definitely helps them on the perimeter, especially defensively. Yeah. I just think that they have a lot of problems with size. And if, if you're going to depend on Tatum and, and, and obviously the young players that they have right now and Brown and Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, believe it or not, I couldn't stand Jalen Brown. I still don't like Jalen Brown. But in the last two seasons, you really can't take a shot at the guy. The guy no. has been an all-star the last two seasons. He's been as good as any perimeter uh, defensive player in the league. He really is a good all-around defensive perimeter player. I've been very impressed with him. I'm still not a big fan of his, but I've been very impressed with his ability, especially on the perimeter. So Snug says, fun fact, Ben Simmons is Richard and Gene Simmons' nephew. Maybe, Does he have the tongue, so. though, Snug? Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> um, but... I think that the Celtics could make a run, too. I, I really do. I it, it, There's so many questions when you look at uh, the picture and really painting the picture of the Eastern Conference. There's only really four teams that can win the East, and that's the Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, and the Brooklyn Nets. I don't – and I, I'm, I'm just – I'm speaking, and I'm a Knicks fan. I don't think – if the Knicks get out of the first round, that's a win. That is yeah. a win for the New York Knicks because, to me, next year is going to be the year where they're going to have to make a statement. That means you, you, you talk about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a free agent next year. Don't be surprised if Chris Paul signs with the Knicks. I'm Maybe telling you say, right now. You book it. You, book it, you guarantee I, I'm booking it. I, I am booking it because, because of Rose, because of Wesley, because of Payne, because of Thibodeau, I'm telling you to book it. I, there's no question because Phoenix isn't winning a championship this year. Phoenix isn't coming out of the West. Let's be honest. They're not. No. So if they don't come out of the West, you're going to hear a lot of rumblings after Chris Paul decides, you know what? I'm not staying with Phoenix. I'd rather go to the Eastern Conference because I have a better chance of winning in the East because it's less talent in the East. And if I go with Julius Randle and I go with R.J. Barrett and Quigley and some of the young players that they have, I can compete in the Eastern Conference. I can. And the Would Knicks- you now say you'd rather have Paul over Westbrook? Here's the reason why I have problems with Chris Paul. He can't stay healthy. Chris yes. Paul has never. Has if, year, if Chris Paul stays healthy throughout the playoffs, I'll take Chris Paul. Chris Paul can never stay healthy. He did this year, though. Good. We'll see if he stays healthy in the playoffs. I hope for his sake he does. Well, needs him. well I'm <laughs> telling you right now, I guarantee you he'll be limping off in one of these games, not in the first round, because I think they'll get through in the first round, but against one of these big teams, I guarantee you he'll be walking off with a bruised knee or hurt ankle, rolled ankle. You'll see, and he won't be the same the, player. Especially if they do have to play the Clippers. That is a brutal perimeter defense. They would I'm telling against. you right now, you watch. You watch. He will not stay healthy. This is this is this is this is his forte. He yep. can't stay healthy. So if Chris Paul stayed healthy, yeah, I'd take Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook. But Russell Westbrook, he's been a better playoff player. It's a fact. Go look at his numbers in the playoffs. He's been a better playoff player. That doesn't mean really anything because he hasn't won anything in the playoffs. But he's still played in the finals. Did Chris Paul ever play in the finals? The answer is no. 
Did Chris Paul ever play in a Western Conference championship? The answer is no. Once, once. Did, did what with the Rockets? Once that that was what Josh was referring to. Earlier. That was the Rockets one where I did think they, they, did they make the Western Conference, Conference Finals with that team. They made the Western Conference Finals. They were up three to two in Game Five. And Chris I thought Paul it was a, I, I thought it was the semifinals. No, it was the Western Conference Finals. Well, no thanks to Chris Paul. They won that series if he didn't get hurt. No, no, no thanks to Chris Paul. That's for sure. Yeah, that was woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But again, we don't know what would have happened. Because we don't know if Draymond Green would step on somebody's balls like he did, <laughs> like he did with OKC. So again, I I don't know if I would believe everything that you see. That's for also, sure. Also, Westbrook might have another NBA Finals appearance if that didn't happen either. But That's true. Because Durant would have stayed in OKC. Draymond Green could have been if if they they let that go way too long. Draymond Green should have been suspended a lot earlier. There's no was, question. And OKC probably wins that. There's no question that if they won that series and they went to the finals and won, Kevin Durant would have stayed with OKC. Yeah, I agree. There's no question mm-hmm. he would have. And and I think that had a lot to do with he didn't think he was going to win a championship with Russell Westbrook. Maybe because Russ wanted the ball more. Russ wanted to shoot the ball more. And actually, he averaged more shot, shots the final season that they played together than yeah. Kevin Durant did. Mm-hmm. So, if Durant goes to the finals with that team, does he stay with OKC? Yes. Yeah. I just said if they yeah, win, if they if yeah. they win, if they win the finals, he stays with oh, OKC. Oh, they would. But what if they got there but they didn't no. win? No, I, he would have left because he would have left. Remember also. Obviously, they dislike each other, and that's why Kevin Durant left now. But Draymond Green was a big focal point in the recruiting of that too. Oh, so if he's suspended, and now they hate each other, right? Line. Right. That's what I just said. So if he's suspended, allegedly, and the Thunder win the series in six or whatever, they would have won. It why do you think Kevin Durant left uh, Golden State because of Draymond Green? Because of Draymond saying, Green. But Draymond Green was also a big point of recruiting. In yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were best friends. But they I, were best friends. But going back to the point about the Thunder, if Draymond Green was suspended hypothetically when he should have been for those games, who says? that Draymond Green would have had that kind of recruiting power after the game. Just watch the Golden State Warriors play in a live game right now when there's no fans. Go, You will hear Draymond Green talking up and down the court over and over and over again. I'm not lying. I'm not lying, guys. It, uh, watch a Golden State Warriors game. Go watch a, a live Golden, so go watch a Golden State Warriors game and watch Draymond Green on – even watch him when – you hear him on the bench. You hear him on the bench. I was watching the Golden State Warriors game. I was watching on the NBA Network. Uh, one of the NBA, because I, I, I watch all the NBA games. I have the NBA package. And I watched Golden State. I think it was, I think they were playing the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken. And all you kept hearing over and over again, him taunting Kawhi Leonard. Taunting. Sounds about right. Over and over. Yeah, over. That, that, that's the bill of Draymond Green. And Kawhi Leonard with his straight face, he wouldn't even make a smirk. He'd just play hard. I think he, he he scored 26 points in that game. And by the way, the Clippers did win that game. So I, I just think that Draymond Green has a problem and it, it just he he doesn't get he doesn't get along with most 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 of anybody. The only person the only two people he gets along with for some reason is Steph Curry and uh his uh what is what do they call him the Splash, Splash Brothers? Brothers. Yes. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. And by the way, Clay Thompson, if you go and watch his uh his Twitter, he's shooting again. He shot 33 point shots in a row. Uh, on the perimeter before he missed a shot. So Snug says Steph Curry for MVP. No way. No, no, no. no way. Top three right now in for me, Nikola Jokic one, Damian Lillard two, then Joel Embiid. I he's not even close. Steph Curry's not even in the top six. He's how could you give Steph Curry when they're barely making the playoffs? They're the ninth seed. Steph Curry. Dude and they're LeBron, Dude, LeBron James has missed almost twenty games. Twenty games. And right now the Lakers are thirty-five and twenty-three. 
But I think he's also going to go back to the point of a, I mean, of give me a break. They're 29 and 30 right now, Golden State. Doesn't this also go back to what we've been harping on? And this might be, this might be me being biased because he is my favorite player in the NBA, but this is Damian Lillard not getting any respect. Yeah. This is the same thing. He gets no love or anything. I mean, everybody, right? Steph Curry's the MVP. Why? Right. Why? Why should he get the MVP over Damian Lillard right now? Like, what, what is the point? Why should. Why, what makes him any better than what Joel Embiid has done this year for the 76ers team? Right. With, with those big three on Brooklyn, and they're still going to be the one seed in that in that conference, that's an MVP player right there. You look at it, and of course, Jokic, who lost Jamal Murray, which gives him more of an of a chance because you're losing another star player on your team, and you're still keeping your team afloat like he is with Denver. That gives him an even greater chance when Steph Curry is going to – what's he going to get? In the playing game, yeah, and especially especially comparing Lillard directly, both point guards, both very similar with their three point shooting, oh, their passing ability, and I, I think Lillard's better for sure. But the, both of them had to deal with injuries. But the the Blazers' injuries are worse. They lost McCollum, their second best player. They lost their best big man. So those circumstances are, are similar. And the Blazers are the sixth seed. The Warriors are the nine. There's a big difference there. Uh, the Blazers might have a little more depth, but it's not by much. The talent discrepancy is not by much. And the Blazers' injuries were definitely more brutal for that. If you look at the roster of the Golden State Warriors, they should make the playoffs. This is Absolutely. still a pretty good team. Yes. I mean, their roster is pretty good. I'm looking at it right now. I mean. With besides Clay Thompson, you got players like uh, the kid that they brought from OKC, Kelly uh, Oubre, who had a great year. He's had a great year. He had a great year last year with OKC. Oubre, yeah, you have Andrew Wiggins, you have Draymond Green, you have Kent Bazmore, you have Steph Curry, James Wiseman, the number two pick. How could you not win with this team? This is a ninth seed. They're barely making the playoffs, and you're going to give him the MVP. How how is he winning the MVP? Yeah. Okay. How could anybody put him as MVP? It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Popularity. He's so overrated. It's ridiculous. And then we we will harp. We've harped on this before. So I've many. always thought <laughs> Steph Curry is overrated. <laughs> Errol, Errol is the preacher of that uh, group. <laughs> Errol also asked the question: Who who do you think is the most overrated player in all sports? And even before Errol gave his answer, I said Steph Curry. Carl also broke stuff. Uh, Jordan Poole. Yes, Jordan Poole's played well, too, off the bench. The two biggest, most overrated players in all of sports is Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry. I will say it again. I'll I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. I'm telling you right now, both those guys are so highly overrated. Now, I'm not saying that they're not talented. They're very talented. And that's not that's not taking away from their talent. But for people to blow them up to be the top when people are telling me that if Steph Curry was playing for the Lakers, that the Lakers would have the same record with him on the team without LeBron James, that's no. a joke. Because if you put LeBron James on Golden State right now, Golden State, if LeBron James was healthy, Golden State would be a one or two or a three seed in the Western right. Conference. Mm-hmm. They would easily be a one or two or a three seed. Easily. Okay? Golden State has a healthy Steph Curry practically a whole season. And where are they ranked? They're the ninth seed in the Western Conference. How good is Steph Curry? The question is, how good is the team with Steph Curry on the roster? And the answer is, not that good at all. Okay? They need Kevin Durant. They, he needs Klay Thompson. And when Klay Thompson comes back, he's not going to be the same Klay Thompson. Nope. He's not. Especially for a guy that's a catch-and-shoot guy. That, and, and, 
really their best perimeter defense by far on a lot of those championship teams. That's going to hurt a lot. Clay Thompson might still have the range and the shooting ability. But he tore his ACL yeah, and his MCL. He tore his Achilles. He's not going to be the same player. He hasn't played in two years. In my opinion, he was a more vital part of that Golden State team, you could say, than almost Curry was because he was the better t- – I don't want to say better, but he played defense. So mm-hmm. that's he makes it more of a better two-way player when I see it. When I see Clay over Curry, that's yeah, the, especially the last two years too, because Clay Thompson's yeah. defense was was pretty good in the beginning of his career, but not great. But it really he really improved it at a top level. Oh, he drastically improved. Yeah, speed. for his for a wing for a wing defender, and he de- definitely improved in that in that right. The only thing with Clay Thompson is he doesn't have the same ball handling skills and creating the shot skills like Steph Curry. Does. No, he's just a pop and shot. But you're right. But you're right. The two way player definitely is Clay Thompson. Yeah, but I mean the sure. thing about Clay is he's also it, look he doesn't have the pizzazz Steph has. Steph does these ridiculous shots from half court. And he so dances Clay's, like a moron. Okay, pop and shot guy. I can't stand. I I can't stand Steph Curry. I can't stand his stupid dance, <laughs> his little shimmy with his shoulder, him biting and chewing on his damn friggin' mouthpiece. The guy is annoying. Everything about him, just looking at him. I'm surprised that okay? one of his mouthpieces haven't. His underwear yet. smells. If I actually went to the game, I probably could smell his damn underwear. Okay, the guy has so much money. I am so sick and tired of hearing him how great of a golfer he is and how a scratch golfer he is. I don't, I don't give a crap. All right, I I don't I don't care how talented. <laughs> Curry, are you a Seth Curry guy over a Steph Curry guy? When I, when he came from Davidson, I loved Steph Curry. I loved Steph Curry when he came to the league. But then how cocky he became for the first five or six years, he couldn't stay healthy. He had ankle problems. He had ankle surgery. He had knee problems. He had this. He had foot problems. Blah 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 blah. Now everybody's comparing Steph Curry as the being a top three point guard of all time. He's not <laughs> yeah, even okay. close. Okay. Do you like do you like Steph? Do you like Seth Curry or do you hate him too? I think no. I like Seth Curry. You know why? Because he's not as popular and he's not as big of a dancer as Steph is. I think Steph, you know, what makes Steph so unique is his personality. What what really throws me off about him is his cockiness, the way he talks, the way he thinks he's better than everybody else. He Because everybody says he's the greatest shooter of all time, he thinks he's the greatest player of all time. Right. He is not the best. He's not even the best point guard in the league right now. No. And I'll say it again. And people, years and years ago, when, when Matty Caps and, 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 and what's his name? Vinny Rubo telling me, telling me boy. when we were arguing, when we were arguing for years, when I, when they told me who, when I told them I would take Kyrie Irving over Steph Curry in a heartbeat, everybody thought I was on drugs. Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook. Everybody thought the, I was on drugs. The only one I thought you were crazy for was John Wall, but the other three I could definitely say. Well, <laughs> I liked, at, at the time, before John Wall got hurt, John Wall was playing great basketball. And John Wall was one of the top five point guards in the league. So his game, I, I would take his game over Steph Curry's in a heartbeat. He plays defense. He's a good three-point shooter. He, he, he really worked on his shot. He became a very good free-throw shooter. John Wall was as good as anybody. Okay, that was my opinion. When he hurt himself and he tore his Achilles, he's not the same player. You're never the same player when you tear your Achilles. Never. Uh, Snug says, Steph Curry is a baby-faced assassin and has the rings to show for it. Yeah, and ask Kevin Durant, who was the MVP of those two championships. Snug yeah. says, love the shimmy, and when he doesn't need to look, what it is going in oh. right now? That's still funny. I do, I will admit that, especially when the, when, the other, when the other players do it, too. I'll admit that is kind of funny. And then, uh, much love for Matty Caps, not as much love for Mushy Rubo. <laughs> yeah, well, Matty Caps was absolutely... Every, every basketball... 
um, forefront, you know, uh, wait, wait, every every debates, debate, debate, argument that he had. You guys had a lot of them. Everyone that he said, he said uh, Zion Williamson was not going to be a good basketball player in the NBA. Boy, was he wrong, okay? Because Zion Williamson is one of the best basketball players in the NBA. He's one of the best young players in the NBA. It's not even close. He said R.J. Barrett, and I love R.J. Barrett. He would be better than Zion Williamson. It's not even close, okay? Not yet. R.J. has a long way to go to catch up to Zion Williamson. That's one. Number two, he told us Markel's Fultz was going to be a super, superstar in the NBA. Where is he right now? How many teams has he played for? How many teams has he been pushed off? Now. I think okay. Detroit. Markel Fultz yeah. sucks. Okay. Oh, he's going to Orlando, isn't he? Yes. No, I thought he went to Detroit. I thought Orlando got rid of him. No, he, I think he played for – he got hurt. He's out again. Oh, he got hurt. Yeah, he's out again. He started to play well. But it's funny you bring up really quick with Zion. Did you did you catch his comments after the game the other day? No. With I don't think – No. comment stuff? No, I think, I think that when he becomes a free agent, I don't think he's signing back with the Pelicans. I, I do see him – Going to the Knicks. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, there is nothing. When he was, when when that whole draft lottery came up and, and and then obviously the Pelicans picked number one and he knew he was, look at his face when the Pelicans picked him. Look at his face. He didn't want to go there. He Nobody wants to be in New Orleans. They're not going anywhere. Unless you're a Saints, unless you're a Saints player. It's not going right. to help you. It's, it's a football city. Right. Yeah, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you in basketball when it comes to endorsements. Anthony Davis could tell you that uh, already. And 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 they needed the Pelicans needed that superstar. That's why they went from all the way from nine, where they were the ninth worst team. They went all the way to number one, and they got it, obviously Zion Williamson. Go look at his face after the lottery happened. I ju- I said it, and, and yeah, I, he great. wanted he wanted to go to the Knicks. That's no, where I know you remember you were talking about his face when they picked him at number one, but I'm even going back further when 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 you saw his face when the Knicks got the third pick and he was smirking, he was like, "Oh, damn it." You know? <laughs> he didn't want to go there. There were gifts written up about his reaction. He wanted to go to an organization that he can be a superstar in a big city where he can he can run. But remember, R.J. Barrett was his roommate. They're very close. They're still very good friends. And I do believe that he will sign out of his rookie contract. I do. I think he'll sign an extension. But after that extension, and he'll be 26 or 27, he will leave the Pelicans. He will leave. I guarantee so you. Super, so we're on the future superstar bandwagon again that the Knicks are going to get a superstar. I, I, I believe that if they're – I've been saying this since he was drafted. Don't be surprised that in six years from now, Zion Williamson is playing for the New York Knicks. Uh, I want to – listen, I want to believe you. I really do. I, you know what it is? I think I'm just so scarred from all the the the, the speaking of rumors, Carl. The, the 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 rumors were all those times that LeBron James and that's not and, a rumor and, either. Okay, Kevin Durant, they were all going to come to the Knicks, and it just never happened. Well, the difference though is now James Dolan isn't as involved with the team. Anymore. No, he's not. So he's not no, he's not shying those superstars away anymore. And Zion Williamson, and again, I'm going to tell you, Zion Williamson's best friend is R.J. Barrett. If you you listen to Zion Williamson. You ask him who's the who, who he respects more than anybody in in basketball. He will tell you R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett plays for the Knicks. R.J. Barrett is there to stay. He, did you see R.J. Barrett when his? Did you see R.J. Barrett's father when when the Knicks drafted him? Did did anybody? He was his father was more happier than R.J. was. Okay, R.J. Barrett is ecstatic to be in New York. He wants to be. Uh, he wants to represent New York and and bring New York a championship. I think the Knicks are a couple of years away from even being considered a championship contender. But all in all, they look really, really good, and you have to be very excited of where they are. 
So uh, what is uh, Snug saying over here? I can't wait for, or I don't know, New Orleans has a pretty tasty grub. Mm. Yes, I've always wanted to try, I've always yeah, I've been to there. try their food. Yes. I was there. And uh, I can't wait. The to alligator's s- good, by the way. I w- can't wait to see Steph Curry sign with the Knicks. No, I don't want him. <laughs> I know no. you wouldn't. I think, I think that's why Stug commented it. I think he wants to just see your reaction. And I and I and I and Arrow's getting that logo on his tattoo removed. And 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 Jeff is saying nobody cares about the Knicks, and that's fine. I'm just saying what I what what we're seeing right now, what the Knicks are doing, and we we're going back and forth. This is really this this whole segment is not about the Knicks. It's about the playoffs. And, and where we see the playoffs to be. But right now, uh, you can't argue that the Knicks have played good basketball in the last eight games. They've uh, won eight games in a row. Josh, to answer, to answer your previous thing about the, the whole tattoo thing, uh, Errol's not going to ever switch his fanmanship. We actually, the, the guy that paid the money to switch his fanmanship apparently knows them, and uh, Errol will take his shots at him. So I doubt he would, Errol would no, ever I, do that. No, I, listen, my team is my team. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, not a, I'm not a player fan. I'm not, I'm not going to root on a player. I'm not going yeah, to wear another team's jersey. I, the only team jersey I have is the Miami Heat, but my name is behind it. Go ask Speedy. I got the new Miami Vice because I'm a Miami Vice fan. I, I bought the Miami Vice jersey, the third jersey, and I put my name behind it. Not because I'm a Miami Heat fan, because I'm I'm a huge Miami Vice. It was my favorite show growing up, and, and that's the Miami Vice jersey. So that's the only reason why I bought it. Yeah. By the way, Jeff says, Jets, Knicks, Yankees, rinse, repeat, get a new stick. Yeah, well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. But – um. <laughs> I don't want. There's really nothing to talk about with baseball except Milwaukee is. Uh, Milwaukee has played some fantastic baseball. I, I I've been very uh, surprised with this. Their pitching staff is fantastic. This is the best. They have the best pitching staff in baseball. It's not even close, mm-hmm. and nobody will argue that Milwaukee. They haven't had starters this good since the 2011 when they had when they had Grinky and Capuano and those guys. And <laughs> I think I picked them as this, as the surprise team when we were talking about on the weekend yes. crush. With yes, the you did. did. Yes, and you I did. picked yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis is playing good baseball too, but uh, I, I to me, they don't have very good lineup. They're not a very good lineup, and I, I know Yelich is not in the lineup right now. He's hurt. And Yelich coming back and adding a bat like that is going to make them a little bit better. They're not, they're not expected to be a good offensive le- uh, lineup this year. And they're a very good defensive team. One of the best offensive teams in all of baseball. Yeah, they've been that for a while now. The thing with the offense is they have the names on paper that you would think would be good. But they've had a lot of up and down type years. They got Lorenzo, Lorenzo Cain had a down year last year. After very nice good defensive player. But great defensive yeah. player. They 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 signed Jackie Bradley Jr. hoping he turns into something. Travis Shaw's kind of been up and down. Like they have the names, it's just they haven't been productive. And you forgot to mention even uh, Casanero. Casanero was Kessin an old is a nice prospect. He's gonna he'll he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. It's more yeah. the veteran guys that are kind of been back and forth for Milwaukee, and they've had to trade a lot for pitching, so they've had to trade some other young guys away. Trent Grisham now with the Padres being one of them. Uh, who, they had a young catcher too that was pretty good. I forget his name. They, they traded they, the shortstop too to, to Atlanta. Who yes, uh, Arcia. Yep, Arcia, who was uh, had a very big year a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, and he was he was he, I, he, I think he was their best playoff hitter too. He was, and he just yeah. completely fell off the map. Right. So they've had to they've lost a little bit of that offensive depth. They still have the stardom, but they don't, they've lost a little bit of the depth because of that, and that's something that's hindered them. But I still think because those names have been up and down year to year, they still can play well. And the Brewers have always been a better second half team anyway. So these guys can, can get going later. Mm. 
Um, there's a report coming out. This is a new story. Uh, I'm going to read it to you guys about this epilepsy thing. Um, now, it's not a rumor from me, Carl. Ex-Ohio. Ex- <laughs> Ex-O- are you ready? Are you going to stop laughing and, and putting this rumor? Ex-Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields has revealed epilepsy diagnosis to the NFL teams. Okay, so... Um, former Ohio State quarterback and NFL hopeful Justin Fields has confirmed to the league's teams that he has been treating epilepsy, according to reports. NFL Network reported that teams became aware of Fields' condition during the pre-draft process and that the conditions has not had any effect on Fields' football career. The report also added that the doctors are confident that Fields will grow out of the condition as others, other members have done in his family. So this is a family thing and epilepsy, by the way, he's not the only person in his family that has epilepsy. So uh, Jeff is absolutely right. I, I, I think that this, this was a brought in to concern other teams to pass up on Justin Fields. And and what doctors are saying to these teams, that this epilepsy thing is not going to be a problem. So what do you guys say about that? Yeah, I still don't think it's a problem. I'm, I'm completely with Jeff on this one, especially what he was saying yesterday with the bright lights. Like, you're playing in Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's a huge stadium. It's a Big Ten team. You're playing in other big stadiums like that. You're not playing in these FCS schools and these non-Power 5, Group of 5 conferences that might not have those bigger stadiums like that. You're playing in the biggest of the biggest of the college football stadiums, especially the biggest one, Carl, your team in Michigan has the biggest one attendance wise. So he's used to that. I'm not as worried about it for from that perspective. And like maybe from the development perspective, maybe the concussion thing, maybe the hits to the head could be something, but I don't think that would be something that'd be shying away because you know, you have to protect your young quarterback anyway. So I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal. It might be a, a one-time thing, but if you're the 49ers, I still wouldn't pass on him. How about you, Josh? I never thought it was going to be a problem. I, I, I mean, I mentioned it even to Jeff yesterday. I asked him the question. I said, do you think this is a leak out so another team can try to take him? And Jeff Jeff said, yeah, absolutely it is. It's a flaky story. You know, I mean, like Speedy said, when you're thinking about Ohio State, you're getting the light shown on you every single time you are on you step on the football field. I understand it's college football, but it's still one of the biggest still programs. primetime games. <laughs> In the country, they play all night games, right? They do everything. They're on primetime all the time, Saturday nights. Right. To, to me, this was just a hoax for a team hoping he would drop down in in the draft. And it just came clear that that's not going to be an issue. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be a problem. So I think I, I don't see San Francisco passing on him. I think they'd be crazy if they did. Um, so to me, this, this was never even a thought in my mind that this was ever going to hurt his chances anyway. This was just one of those stories. I mean, the only real one that took a major hit that I can remember in recent time was Lermy Tonto having the gas mask on his uh, face, which actually wound up saving the Miami Dolphins going forward in their rebuild. So that was a big, helpful thing. The Chicago Bears ownership could be ham um, hammering 2021 NFL draft plans. So uh, there are stories coming out from Chicago. Uh, obviously, Mitchell Trubisky is no longer with the organization, that they're not going to be looking for a quarterback in this year's draft, that they're going to do everything they can next year to move up to get the best quarterback in next year's class. Um there is no quarterback coming out of last next year's class. There really isn't. There is nothing that I have read in, in next year's quarterback class that really stands out to me that is going to be um, a quarterback that you're going to want like you have this year in three or four quarterbacks. So that's an interesting story. Um, I, I don't understand why Chicago – if Chicago wants a quarterback, trade, trade up for trade Lance. What are you waiting for? Yep. 
I, it doesn't make any sense. And and as far as um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald plans to come back next year. Uh, I mean, this year coming coming into uh, how many seasons is this? I think this is sixteen. We're at seventeen now or eighteen. I think it was the 03 draft. Uh, there there are some stories coming out that he some stories coming out that he's going to come back next year. What mm-hmm. a wide receiver core that's going to be in, in Arizona, man. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, and by the way, Dave Gettleman, some players who opted out look like me at a pro day. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. You wish you were that. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you were that, Dave Gettleman. Nice try. New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman noticed some prospects who opted out of 2020's college football season came back out of shape at their pro days. So, I, I, I understand that people and Dave Gettleman, I, I'm not a big Dave Gettleman fan, but I am not a giant fan. So why would I be? But it, it's such an interesting story. When we talk about Dave, why does Dave Gettleman still have a job? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand that he does. Now, I don't know what Daniel Jones is. And I, I, I've always liked Daniel Jones. Me and Jeff have only really the only people that have stuck up for Daniel Jones. I think they've put, they've put that guy, kid in to fail. Just like Sam Donald is really been fed to the whatever fed fed to the sharks, fed to the wolves, fed to the wolves. I would say the same thing with Daniel Jones. He had no Saquon Barkley last year. He had no wide receivers. Who was his best wide receiver? Uh, oh, by the way, oh, oh, what what's his name again? Um, Darius Slayton. Slayton, who everybody says is the next Odell Beckham. Uh, that's why they just signed Kenny Galladay to uh, how much money? Uh, Way too much. Seventy-six million dollar contract. Yeah. If they thought Slayton Way was a was a number one or an Odell Beckham, they wouldn't have paid Kenny Galladay the money that he got. Okay, they still shouldn't have. They've okay. got <laughs> they've got nobody. They put nobody around this kid to succeed. And by the way, their offensive line stinks. It stinks. You, you added Thomas. He played well in the second half of the season. No question that he did. But <laughs> and he, you got rid of Kevin Ziegler. Nice. And, <laughs> and, and Soldier, they, they, over, they overpaid next, Nate Soldier. And by the way, he took less money to come back for the Giants this year. Still don't Big whoop. Good, good, good ratings to him. I mean, right now, why does Dave Gettleman have a job? The world may never know, but he maybe late round picks is maybe why he's saving it at the moment. But beyond that, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Bad contracts, bad everything at this point. He's been on the hot seat for the last two years as it is, and he's going to be on the hot seat forever with the Daniel Jones thing. But definitely that kind of statement. Yeah, they're out of shape. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we knew that anyway. A lot of these players are out of shape in the offseason as it is. That's on your team to get it going, Dave Gettleman. And you got to do better with that. You're not going to draft it out of shape a uh, guy that sat out for a year. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna waste a pick on Parsons. Maybe if that's the best player available to go draft, uh, I don't know to go draft one of those like second round tackles. Yeah, okay, you're gonna turn into Jerry Reese all over again, who didn't want to draft linebacker talent they needed or corner talent they needed, and decides to draft Eric Flowers instead or Eli Apple or one of those other bad draft picks. Ron Rivera defends handling of Alex Smith after quarterback says Washington coaches were patronizing with his return. Well, Alex Smith is no longer playing in the NFL, okay? He retired uh, about a week ago. Alex Smith wanted to get on the field. He wanted to prove that he could still play in the game. It was an unbelievable, miraculous comeback. It really is. And the fact that he played at the top of his game and played very, very well when he came back, he really did. And I was very, I, I was very impressed. What did what, you say, Josh? He got to the playoffs because of him. I mean, it was literally his leg was almost uh, him in the defense. It was him in the defense. And 
I mean, you talk about a guy that almost had to have his leg amputated. Mm-hmm. And then you know, a couple of years later, he's playing football again. It's it's incredible. And you know what? I, I, I understand where Washington was coming from because Ron Rivera said, <clears throat> excuse me, that he didn't want to feel responsible that God forbid if something happened to this, to this guy and he was the head coach that a single mistake could just forget playing football could ever like let him have a normal life again. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have that remorse going into it. I mean, look, I mean, I think about what the Washington team has done in the past. Like look what, look what Mike Shanahan did to put RG three out there in a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, that single decision changed RG three's entire career. So, you know, you he ruined his career because of doing that. And then it's, you know, coaches don't want to have that burden on their back. You know what I mean? Because these are not just players. They're also human beings that have families to live for and to have normal lives. And he didn't want to feel responsible for it. So I understood where Ron Rivera was coming from. And it isn't a miraculous thing that Alex Smith was able to come back from something like this. I mean, this was Joe Theismann-esque with this. It was. It was same, worse. It was same, worse, probably. It was, it was the same. that injury. Joe Dyson never played football again, mm-hmm. so it was a miracle that he even came By back, the but- way, we were talking about this story yesterday, and there's a story coming out on Pro Sport Daily. Leaked photo shows Patriots looking to trade up for Jordan Love on draft night a couple mm. of years ago. So, huh. Uh, we were just talking about Jordan Love, and, and, jo- and, and, and obviously Jeff was taking shots at Jordan Love yesterday, if you don't remember what he yep. was saying. Jordan Love was actually being, you know, being looked at by the Patriots, and the Patriots were trying to move up to get him. And if Green Bay didn't move up the way they did to get him, they're saying that the Patriots were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Interesting story. So they right they had three second-round picks last year, the Patriots, so they definitely had the capability to move up because the Packers only moved up from 30 to 26, if I remember correctly, trading up with the Ravens or with the Dolphins. And then the Patriots, if they have offered – maybe two of those second-round picks or one, one second and a bunch of thirds because they had that leeway, it's definitely possible. Now the question is, because we were comparing Jordan Love and Trey Lance yesterday, saying they are very similar talents, does that mean they might go after that type of player in Trey Lance, though, too, especially with Bill Belichick now adapting more to the mobile quarterback types like, they, like Trey Lance has been with his speed, too. Now, Jordan Love's not that pure type either, but at the same time, he still is mobile where – it seemed like the the Patriots were always obviously they had Tom Brady forever, but they were always drafting Garoppolo and Ryan Mallett and guys like that. They were always just pocket guys, quick release guys, more than anything else. Um, and uh, man, I, I, I'm definitely gonna call. I'm definitely gonna call Mark because Mark is upset. By the way, uh, not because of Speedy, but some of the spineless, crazy things that were said on the show. Uh, anyways, um, but it, it's so interesting when you look at where the where this where the season is going to go and, and, and with this draft. I, I'm very intrigued and very interested to see what's going to happen. Um, again, uh, you, you, you can go back and you can argue the points and, and, and really look at the deception of where this draft is going to go in the next couple of days. Uh, there's a lot of crazy things that could happen moving forward. So uh, it's, it's going to be a very interesting next couple of days. And, and over the weekend, we might hear some crazy trades. There could be something crazy going to happen. Uh, but that's what happens when it comes to the um, the NFL and the draft. So that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I, again, uh, we're going to end a little bit early, not that much early, about five minutes early. But uh, uh, we will be back next week on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I'd like to thank all the fans, uh, all the people that call the show, the Beave. Um, obviously, 
uh, Jeff and all the guys and all the people that tune in and listen to our crazy show. Uh, we really appreciate everything and every single one of you guys. We really do appreciate it. Speedy, you have anything to say before we go? Thank you, Kevin Jackson, for jumping into the comments section as well, giving some good insight on the Jets and Kyle Shanahan's talent evaluation. But uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Listen to the Weekend Crunch this weekend, Saturday, after the New York Islanders game as well on 103.9 FM. That's right. Uh, Josh, do you have anything to say before we go? No, just this is the, the last show uh, before my birthday. So it's, it's you know, uh, birthday happy time. Birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So Happy you know, birthday. You old uh, bastard. <laughs> what did you say? You old bastard. You old, old bastard. Ding, you old dingbat. <laughs> I had one of my students said to me today, he goes, you're 30? Wow, I thought you were 100. And he was dead serious. And I said, you're an, I wanted to call him a little you-know-what. I want to smack him around a little bit. But, of course, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, I wonder what they would call me. <laughs> <laughs> call me I just, you know, it, it, it's just it, – I know it's just a number. We talked about this privately, Errol. It's just, it's just a, number. a number. Yeah, it is. But it just – it really does feel weird, you know, leaving the – you know, when you're going to a new – now you're going to the thirties age and it's like, you live, you know, I feel like I've been in my twenties for, I mean, for so long, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. now it's like, this, it feels like a new part of my life is starting and everything. So it's just crazy. And it's exciting as well. There's many great things that are happening along the way. And, you know, especially being on the show with you guys, even though the fans, they love me. <laughs> they all love me. They don't want to say it, but they do. <laughs> they love you when you spread rumors. Yes, your rumor. But I'm not even the one that even said the story. The arrow is saying about the reports tonight. <laughs> He's just reading someone else's report. I'm reading somebody <laughs> else's reports. I'm not. Well, I'm not what are we guys? Well, <laughs> uh, whatever. Well, Carl and I had a good mortgage conversation, <laughs> so that was good. I mean, that was fun. So uh, Snug is laughing at you. Did Josh wish himself a happy birthday? And then Jeff says, "Josh is an absolute muppet." <laughs> yeah, there you go. Which one am I? I want to be one of the guys <laughs> don't encourage him he might he might bet you in that you know you kind of look like big bird <laughs> that's, that's true, but i guess they're around the same show i would have said in my i want i would have been more like swedish chef you know, oh, that been kind of a good one. You're a funny. Maybe dude. even Monster. Monster yeah. would have been another good one, but you know, yeah. I, I, you don't look like Cookie Monster. No, you don't look like. No, that. not even that. No, the what's the one with the collar? The purple one. The purple one. You're thinking of all the Sesame Street ones. I'm thinking of like the Muppets. Oh, the, the Muppets. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. I'm thinking of Jim Henson's. Yeah, Kermit. Yeah, I, I, you do kind of look like Kermit, you know. No, that's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick. No, he talks, he <laughs> talks now, like what are you thinking here? he talks <laughs> like Kermit. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't look like Kermit. <laughs> no, but he talks like him. That's enough to pass. So oh. there you go. <laughs> Josh, uh, Jeff says Josh looks like one of the extras from The Ringer. <laughs> the Ringer. That's really not, you know, Jeff. I got to tell you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did Snug say here? He's Ralph the piano playing dog. <laughs> Even better than the last comment. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in to uh, the Weekend Crunch on LI Radio every single Saturday. To, uh, Saturday at 7 o'clock. Right after the game. Islander game. Right after the Islander game at 10, 1030. You can go to LI Radio. LI News Radio. Um, I and I Heart Radio can listen to the show live. Um, you could also hear the replay of our show as Sunday or Monday if you missed the Weekend Crunch. And we will be back on Wednesday next week at 9 p.m. Tune in until then. Until then. Ban the beef. Uh, uh, over and over. Ban the beef. 
Snug and Jeff. Naturally. Um, that's it for our show. We will be back next week. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Josh Silverberg saying good night. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.